This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Here we are in the throes of November. It is November 2nd. It's arms wide open. Something, something, Star Trek reference. I don't really get November with its arms wide open. Hang on. Uh-huh. Like, since you started, I was thinking, okay, Ides of March. Uh-huh. And Creed. Uh-huh. And I guess Star Trek? And Star Trek. You are not yes. allowed to Darmok Creed. That is not allowed. Which one is the Creed reference? Scott, Scott Staff, his arms wide open. Okay, Ugh. there we go. Brad Shoemaker, welcome back. Hello. Sound good? Hi. Thank Sound you. better. Yeah. 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 Still, uh, still feeling it down in there a little bit. Yeah. On the speaking of uh, of uh, November's to remember, remember Brad Shoemaker's. Mm. I'm trying I always to remember your, Brad. I'm trying to think of your trailer voice. Remember November. In world. In a world where November happens again. In a Alex, world where Scott Stapp is in that Star Trek episode. Okay. How are you doing, Alex? Oh, I'm fine. I'm getting by. You know, it's uh, video games are coming out. Things are happening. Video games always come out. 
Yeah. Wh- whether it's the video games I want to play, that's a different question. Nope. Whether they're the nope. big ones, that's it's, a different question. If I don't care about them, they don't exist. That's true that's, on you know a lot of levels. Like your <laughs> perception of reality is reality. I'm going to go to my forthcoming YouTube channel, The Solipsistic Gamer. We're not okay. getting into reality creation shit. I'm not. I'm not doing that today. Well, we already did that on the Never Better Better podcast. Okay. You can check that out on Friday mm-hmm. if you want to learn about it. what is it the Jello verse. Want to learn about how we're all? Okay. Hang on. Okay, are we talking Jello food products or are we talking Jello biafra? I think we're talking Jello as metaphor for a solid cube of the universe and everything has happened, but previously and everything has happened in the future, and it's set in the Jello. Mm-hmm. You have to the go Jello back has been in the fridge for eternity. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so I, a theoretical fifth dimensional being would subsist entirely upon Jello. Is what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yes, Galactus is basically eating Jello. The constantly. fifth dimension is the pudding pop. You would, uh, <laughs> you, you would, you would be able to eat the Jello both after it is gelatinous and before it has been mixed. You mm-hmm. are, you are constantly done eating the Jello and always starting to eat the Jello. Got uh, it. The, There's always look, room for Jello. If you look universe. in the fridge, the Jello is both dead wait, and alive. Wait, uh, at what point? At what point do you view the, the Jello in its original equine form? You as a horse. You cannot. I don't know what that reference is, but you cannot. It's, if it's, uh, jello, There's gelatin in it. It's a crab. It's made out of horse hoofs. Oh, 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 oh! You mean in its previous? In its yeah. previous? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. The horse was always we, the we, Jello, and it was never the Jello. Imagine do horse we, hooves were just Jello, though. Do they, maybe, be a do bad they use horse. synthetic gelatin now? I It depends on what product it is, but I think that they have maybe moved away a little bit from the animal hoof in gelatin stuff, but mm-hmm. not everywhere. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the, it's the, it's the, um, like carotene, it's the, it's the yeah. stuff like nail stuff, right? That's what yeah. they're, Elmer's glue is just still horse bones, right? You just throw a, a, a horse into a, a meat grinder and out comes a little. I don't know. I haven't Elmer's used Elmer's glue. glue since I was 13, man. What? I don't know. I've got, I've gotten so you many bottles kids, of so Elmer's you... glue. Yeah. But here's the, here's the, here's the real tip though. Glue sticks so much better than Elmer's glue. It just use a glue stick. Twice as many horses. <laughs> you have to get them compacted into a little mm-hmm. stick. It takes 18 horses to make one glue stick. I hope you're happy. I listen, what else are those horses up to? Why, why do we need horses? horses. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You're now made of glue. <laughs> Save a glue stick, ride a cowboy. Yeah, there we go. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, okay. I was, uh-huh. We're finding our way through this intro <laughs> some way or another. Thank you for... I, was about, I literally was about to go type Scott Stapp, his arms wide open uh-huh. into a web form, so uh-huh. thank you thank you for saving me. You've got it. Speaking of saving everyone, uh, we'll get to the games here pretty quickly because we've got some stuff to talk about, but before we do, I want to mention we've got Extra Life coming up this Friday. If you want to check it out, we'll be streaming from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to kick things off with a little check-in with Big Zaddy in Final Fantasy XIV. It's been then a while for you, right? It's been a while. It's been a while yeah it's definitely been a while since i streamed it it's been a while since i've been on there and then uh we're gonna go into some grounded a little bit later and then about three o'clock p.m we're gonna be joined by some friends for some a jackbox hell yeah whatever, whatever number they're up to the latest it's gonna one be a day and like all jackbox streams it means we'll probably wind up at some point in tko so yeah tko uh, and the rap battle game feel like they will probably <laughs> find their way in there somewhere it always winds up in there yeah. uh, maybe a little quip lash if yeah. you if you're lucky 
So check that out on Friday. Always a chance to donate. You can go to tinyurl.com slash nextralife. That's extra life with just an N on the front. Can only use that one for this year. Next year will have to be like Nextra Life 2023. But I figure this year we'll get the Nextra Life out of the way. So just tinyurl.com slash nextralife. Did you know tinyurl? Not to promote them. I'm not promoting them. I'm going to say they have a paid tier now where you can go in and edit the URLs hmm. if you pay for their service. I, I will not, not do that. that. I did not do that. Um, I maybe I couldn't remember if I used Bitly or yeah. TinyURL, but uh, yeah, seriously, trying to trying to monetize URL shortening in 2022, <laughs> man. I don't know. I'm thinking back. I have definitely heard you say TinyURL a bunch. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard you say Bitly prior to I now. Just like the sign sound of TinyURL, it's just like something Tiny. adorable. TinyURL, Tiny it on the head. It's, it's it's good branding but bad function because it's so long. Yes, I I almost thought when I was giving out the address the other day it was tiny.url but that's not mm. what it is. It nope. is tinyurl.com/nextralife. Is, is, is there a .url top level domain yet? I How feel like that's not? one of those things where like you can't put, you know, backslashes in a folder title like it's just it wouldn't work if you put URL in the URL. I don't know. If I could, if I could do an entire podcast about top level domains, I would do it. You would uh, spend the entire podcast going through top level domains. There well, are so many at this point. Uh, Check out my new not, website, https.com. There's not. I mean, like honestly, a podcast just thinking up stupid URLs would be pretty fun. Yes. Uh, there is no .url. Well, next as of yet. Next year. As wait. Of, wait hey, for the next consortium. There's a. Since when is there a .xbox? <laughs> Since Microsoft bought that, <laughs> uh, let me see. Is there, I bet there is no PlayStation equivalent. PS. Oh no, there totally is a dot PlayStation. Oh my gosh! The, are these, these some vanity of these, plates at on, this point. These might be. Um, those are explicitly listed as brand top level domains. I'm guessing mm. maybe their use is somewhat limited. You can get like dot gap. Uh, I mean, I know there's a dot Google for sure. Oh god, there's a ton of them actually. There's okay. a dot dot Dupont. Okay. Okay, if you're on dot Dupont, you have fucked up. <laughs> okay, here's my 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 new favorite top my okay my my now and forever favorite top level domain dot Dotson. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Dot Dotson here. Do they dot, even dot, make Dotson? Dotsons anymore? Nobody, I'm nobody sure. cares. Nobody cares. Dot Dotson. That's my Jurassic Park reference. Oh wow, man. Oh, they don't. Dotson. I didn't think so. Does so not exist. Who owns I don't think the Dotsons has existed wait, since the nineties. Wait, apparently it was the brand was relaunched this very year. Oh God! Why don't you just relaunch Gremlin while you're at it? Uh, okay, uh, that, all right. What, who are they part of? Nobody. They were wait. like their own company. No, no, uh, no. Part of Nissan. Okay, I did not know because they were always a Japanese company. I'm pretty sure. Uh that's why you come here. Yeah, Folks, for remembering some cars that's right. that's and URLs. TinyURL.com slash Extra Life. You can donate now. We're raising money for uh, uh, Extra Life. And of course, that, if you don't know, that goes to fund the SF uh, uh, Children's Hospital uh, over in San Francisco and uh, get money for children. I think for the kids. I don't know. Isn't something like brand for the kids? I don't care. Way? I'm no, saying it anyway. We don't care. We don't care. What are you going to do? Sue me? Oh, yeah, that did happen. Something happened with that. I don't, yes, don't sue Alex. Uh, go do that. And then, uh, of course, we've got other stuff going on, like our grab bag stream and all that stuff. But the extra life happening on Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Come join us. 
and some friends later on in the day. We'll be part of the uh, Giant Bomb team as well, so that money gets all rolled up into a big old mega fund. Mega fund. We're going to talk today about God of War Ragnarok. We're going to try and keep it uh, mostly spoiler free and stay away from story beats, but we're going to hit some stuff that I'm sure if you're coming in cold, won't want to hear. So look out for those. Cold. I get it. Cold. Yeah, Fimble Winter. Uh, so we'll have markers in the uh, in the chapters, but uh, sometimes those get moved around depending on your player. So use your common sense. Uh, we apologize if you're skipping around and you hit something. We're going to try and do them before the ad break and get in there so they don't skip around too much. But yes, there will be some God of War spoilers, I'm sure, that you won't want to hear if you're trying to come in cold. We're going to talk about Bayonetta 3. We're going to talk about Shatter Remastered Deluxe. We're going to talk about Marvel Snap. Oh, God, are we ever. And I'm oh, going to, no. I've got some updates on Grounded and an update on Elden Ring, which you probably already know. Mm-hmm. I, all right. I mean, I was all excited to come in here and talk about Vampire Survivors. But I'll talk about Alex, Vampire Survivors. I'm Alex down. Has moved on. No, I haven't. Play. I played some on the stream. That's true. Addiction. This is new addiction. Uh, first, here we go. Let's get into God of War Ragnarok. And I'll just say before we get to the spoiler tag here, I'll give you my quick thoughts so you can hear them and then we can get into the meat the of it. Gritty. I think God of War Ragnarok is uh, an okay game. I am not finding a good stride with it. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. I, that yes. is not How many hours you got at this point? 24 okay. 24 20 between 24 and 25 hours in uh i have not seen everything yet i am uh, i'm uh but it is not grabbing me the way the first one did the first one i got the platinum in i really loved it it was one of my favorite games that year this one i'm having a little bit more trouble uh grabbing onto and going for that wild ride what I'm, was it was it your favorite game of the year it was definitely up there. I, my it was memory, on your list. I know that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely in like my top five. It could have been. It could have been number one. I would have to go look back. I'm gonna go look it up for you I while need, you talk. I need to know. While these look. guys go look that up, now Hang I'm gonna on, now it. I'm gonna type in. Okay, yes. It was in fact God of War. Okay, so yeah, I really like that game. Um, and so this one is not hitting me as hard as that first one. Again, I'm not done with it all the way. But uh, if you want to find out why, you're gonna have to make it past this spoiler warning so this is the spoiler warning now for god of war ragnarok again we're not going to try and intentionally spoil anything but again we'll have to go into some story beats we'll go into some mechanics here gonna give it a little air so Mm -hmm. people can find it if it shifts around again we're in the spoiler warning spoiler warning now uh this is the zone literally like we've given you the most space we possibly can this is it all right all right here we gotta fill some time here man that atreus little punk ass huh little punk ass atreus so you guys have put some time into this yeah Yeah. you've gotten uh it's a okay we're getting into it it's a slow start on this one it It is is a even even once you get past the opening zones it is still pretty slow to kind of get to where it wants to go i don't even think i'm where it wants to go yet yeah so uh I'm, I'll I'll give you the twenty thousand foot view of why I'm having a little trouble here, and it mostly comes down to the novelty is gone for me of Stranger in a Strange Land for Kratos. He is now he is now the competent one mm-hmm. in in this Norse mythology. He is it's weird. He's almost portrayed as the one who's keeping it together. He's got this warrior sage quality to him at this point where other people all have their problems and he's the calm one who's trying to keep it all together and avoid war. 
Right. He he. As things are kind of spiraling out of control, Ragnarok is on the way. He is the one who wants to not get involved and avoid conflict at all costs. Even Atreus is just chomping and chomping at the bit there to get in there and mix it up. So it's weird. The the characterization of him is not something I necessarily mind as somebody who has been through a lot. They certainly depict him as looking very haggard. He looks a lot older in this one, but it's interesting, except that not a lot is actually going on. So uh, as I've kind of made it through the story, it's mostly Atreus who is trying to figure out his role in Norse mythology based on what the events of God of War one and the ending of God of War one, he is set up to be a God. You know, he is the uh, son of a giant. He's this uh, half son of a giant, half son of the God of war, Kratos, uh, and destined to have a part in the, the goings out of Ragnarok. He's very curious. He's also a teenager. He's also kind of an idiot. Uh, and Odin wants him by his side. He wants he wants Atreus there. There is a function for him somewhere in that pantheon. Yeah, and uh, you, you kind of find out what it is, what Odin wants. And I think, uh, Alex, you alluded to this, but I don't think we could talk exclusively or explicitly about it. Odin is very much portrayed, and the, and the Aesir, which are the Norse pantheon of gods, are very much portrayed as a crime family yes. with Odin as the mafia don. Like, is, that, is that the character you were talking about last week? What is it, Richard Schiff? Richard Schiff, yes, from the, from the West Wing. Yeah, so Odin Odin a lot of times is depicted with this fur coat around his shoulders, kind of like uh like uh you can imagine him holding a cigar in one hand and a and a tumbler in the other, but he mostly has this uh, uh fur coat kind of around his sh- donned or draped around his shoulders as, as, as opposed to like a black trench coat. Yeah, yes, or well, you might say. He's got well, the eye patch overcoat, and everything. Overcoat. He's got his bird. Uh he's got an eye patch. He he is very, you know, very slight um you know, he kind of tumbles around with Thor, who is meaty, a meaty Thor, who uh, is the muscle for sure in this in this. Uh, mm, there's muscle under there. Yeah. Let's just say <laughs> Thor looks like he's been drinking for a while. He's the heavy. Yeah. yeah. And he's in very every yes. sense. He's of, a beef boy. So he, you know, people who are familiar with the MCU, he's like Thor when Thor was way out of shape in the MCU uh, era, except this one. He's like sweaty Thor. He's like, uh yeah, His he's stringy like eight hair. feet tall and just sweaty and just pissed off all the time. But I love—I actually really like this Thor. Uh, this Thor, there it's probably the most interesting character so far for me in the game. This Thor gets some good simmering backstory. Like- His dynamic with Kratos, I feel like, is really good because there is a little bit of a he wants to keep testing him. He wants to keep, you know, trying to, like, bring out the God of War in him. Yeah, and so it's fun. It's like kind of a fun dynamic there. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the first game, which they have a recap in this game, but you still might be a little lost in the woods, even with that recap, because they spend a lot of time talking about Modi, uh, which was Thor's son and uh, Who Kratos killed. So it was a kind of a complicated, weird one, but that gets covered. Uh, that ground gets covered a lot and not explicitly recapped. I th- I don't think enough to fill you yeah. in. Also, Baldur's death plays very heavily into this story with Freya, and kind of the details of that are not explicitly laid out. You might want to go watch a video of those cutscenes and what happens there and why those things are a little grayer than just Kratos mm-hmm. killing gods. Um, 
Yeah, There's it's not a, like those that original trilogy or the games came after where like killing the gods was the very exciting point of everything. It's more like, you know, Kratos is being driven to do this and to kind of go back to his god killing ways because he has no he feels like he has no choice. <laughs> so there's a great line in this game. It's pretty late. It's pretty far in. I'm, it's in the 20, 20 plus hours that I got to it, but I'm not gonna give away who says it. But somebody's like, <laughs> somebody says, your nature hasn't changed, man. You're still killing gods, but boohoo, you're sad about it. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is pretty much the That's, defining characteristic dude, of this game. That is like borderline fourth wall breaking, right? Oh there. yeah, 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 yeah. So it is. So in the context. It is actually supposed to be. So uh, oh, I'm not okay. going to give it away what, what oh, happens there, but it is. Huh. It is Does someone turn to the camera and wink. No, but okay. it, they might as well. Right. Oh, yeah. um, but it's a great line because it's delivered in just such a fucking shit eating way. And also like, boo hoo, you're sad mm-hmm. about it. Your nature's Wait, not going to change. You're just killing is, gods. It's the last boss of this game. Corey Barlog. <laughs> <laughs> it's Deadpool. Um, uh, so Jim Ryan, who keeps ordering sequels. Um, so, so the, the setup for Kratos and all of that stuff is he is trying to navigate Ragnarok by keeping Atreus out of it. Atreus has this destined path to be in it. Your cast of characters includes Freya from the first game. The, that situation escalates and, you know, kind of, uh, uh kind of comes she to really a head. really still wants you dead at the beginning of this game. Yeah. So, the, that's a situation. Odin obviously has a, a large part to play in this. He's, he's you know, all of the realms are going to be destroyed apparently through Ragnarok and he's trying to avoid that. Odin, uh, a huge asshole, uh, in the portrayal of this game. Uh, Thor, Odin's son, Odin's son. Um, you Tractor know, his, mankind. Yeah, yes. his his kids. The reason we got into this, his kids killed by Kratos. He's very upset about that, even though Modi was a real dipshit and asshole. Uh, but it's he's, a real dipshit family is the he, thing. It's not great. Odin treats Thor like a dipshit. Uh, I don't think Thor appreciates that. There's an interesting dynamic there. So the dwarves are back in it. Sindri and. Oh, what is the other dwarf's name? Sindri is the one I always remember. The other, I always forget the other one. Sindri and Brock are in it. Uh, They're a little bit more fleshed out. They actually play kind of a bigger role than just your armorers in this one. Uh, uh, Tyr is in it. So Tyr, the god of war from Norse mythology, is in it. And as you might imagine, there are some issues there with Tyr. It's not just Tyr comes in and is like, "Damn, I'm I'm gonna I'll do it." Uh, Tyr's got a bunch of issues. Uh, So you kind of have this group not necessarily mass effect style but you got this team who all want revenge mimir is in it the head Mm -hmm. all want revenge on odin for some reason and you've collected this crew that then kind of cycle in and out of you while you're playing some you know uh, here and there so yeah for the most part in the beginning you're kind of teamed up with atreus and he's got a bow and you can kind of uh, actively have him target your enemies by pushing square on the, on the controller. Uh, you can hold it down sometimes to get special abilities. And he's got, um, he very quickly gets different arrows like sonic arrows and, uh, uh, other abilities. But later on, you get other characters that'll roll with you in these kind of support roles. Um, 
I don't want to give it away because it's not necessary to, but they, they all play a very similar role. You're doing something and they're doing support stuff by hitting square yeah. or holding square, which usually will wind up adding to the stun meter on an enemy or doing some kind of status effect on the enemy. When an enemy gets enough stun, usually something happens like you can go in for that click R3 kill or, or something like that. But there are a lot of status ailments like uh, runic stuff that will happen as well. My beef with the combat is it's a lot. They are throwing a lot at you and the loot is almost too much where you're constantly getting new sets of armor that have different buffs on them where I hardly feel like I have enough time and you can upgrade them with a limited amount of materials. I hardly feel like I want to upgrade anything because I'm not sure what I'm going to get next. You know that feeling where you're like, is is, is it? Would you say it's a lot worse than the first game? Because I feel like the first game had a, some amount of what you're, everything you're talking about here. So, yeah, it didn't feel like a deluge in that game, but it definitely felt like there was too much of it. Yeah, and like I'll acknowledge some of that is just my anxiety about upgrade resources mm-hmm. and not wanting to use things and hoarding items and stuff. But but the I problem is the games like play to that in a way, in the sense that like you know they make you think, okay, you need to hold on to the stuff for the good stuff, but also there is a constant stream of stuff coming at you. So I don't remember exact. And again, I played a lot of the first one, but I don't remember it being like this. So here's what happens: you wind up getting a thing. Let's just say you get the the uh, uh, armor of health regain, right? Yeah, and it's called whatever. Starts at level one. You get it early on in the game. You can level that armor up with resources, but you may never find a thing that gets you a buff that is health regain again. So if you want health regain, you're just going to stick with that armor leveled up all the way. Even though 20 hours in, you might find level of uh, stamina regen or level of you know uh, luck or whatever. So it's not like you're going to find a level... Uh, to me, it seems like I have never found a thing that does the same buff, but is a higher level. So my resources have been going into this armor that I've had since like five hours into the game. And I've kind of never found a thing. I want more than that. Uh, and you can mix and match sets. So you can have the armor of health regain chest piece bracers and waist piece, and you can mix and match. So if you want the armor of health regain chest piece, but the armor of stamina wrist pieces and so on and so forth, you can do that. Uh, so my issue is with limited resources, I'm always kind of holding out to be like, well, Maybe in maybe in an, in the next hour, I'm going to find something I want to upgrade more than this, and then I'm not going to have the resources to do it. They do seem to be dropping new armor pieces at about the current level where I'm upgraded to on um, the piece I'm wearing. So if I've upgraded to level three, I'm getting stuff that's already level three, minimum level three for where I am in the game. I don't know if that's dynamic or what, but it, that seems to be what's happening. So... um but it takes special resources, as you might imagine, as you go up in level. So suddenly it's like, oh, to upgrade this, you need a petrified bone. And you mm-hmm. find one of those in a special chest somewhere. And it's like, man, that's pretty limited for what I'm in now. I've got about, gosh, seven pieces of armor that I could put on. And, okay, I'm just going to run down it to buckle up for a second. You have your armor pieces. Three, yeah. right? Yeah. Chest, wrist, uh, waist. All that stuff. You have a shield, but you can pick different types of shields. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some shields, again, have different buffs on them. Some are for parrying. Some are for good parrying. Some are for bad parriers like me with a longer window on it. 
Some are for not parrying, but they just absorb hits. There's like a bunch of different shields. Then you have a enhancement for the shield that goes in the middle. So you can then choose one shield and choose a different type of enhancement for the shield. Okay. And you got a bunch of different, those ones. You also have an amulet that can hold mine can hold up to four or five runes now. And you get a special bonus. If you have three of the same rune in it. So you have an amulet with runes, your, your ax, your ax is pretty much the simplest thing you have, but it also has a handle which you can uh, change the handle on and also craft upgrades for. You have your chaos blades, which you can also craft handles for your chaos blades, which have like seven different handles for those. You have a runic ability. You have a, which uh, like a runic, uh, uh, ability. It's a heavy ability and a light ability. So you have a light attack ability, which you can swap out and level up. And you have a heavy ability, which you can swap out and level up. You also have like a, talisman ability which you can pick and and level up that's kratos yeah he also has his own talent tree for the for the axe and he has his own talent tree for the chaos blades and in each talent if you do it enough you can assign a special modifier to each talent in the talent tree so if you use uh, he's still going folks if you use a heavier light attack combo a lot Eventually, you'll be able to say, okay, when I do this combo, I'd like it to do more, slightly more damage or give me slightly more protection. Then your buddy is with you. Whoever that might be has their own talent tree. So then like Atreus will have his own talent tree for uh, using the bow range, some melee attacks and other stuff. Then they have armor that they can put on, but that's mostly cosmetic. But they also have these attunement, these charms that they could put in that's like, Hey, you can slide in three things for Atreus that like when his arrows hit, it's a lot of stuff to be managing. When you hold L1, you can modify that by then pushing square, triangle, circle, L R1 or R2 to, to do different abilities. Okay. You with me? I'm, I've, I think I'm still with you. Yes. Okay. In addition to the flat controller where you're pushing R1, R2, square, circle, triangle, if you hold L1, you can then push square to do something triangle to do something else circle to do something else dude got variables those are straight up mechanical keyboard layers (laughs) it is like an mmo style like you you hit the next hot bar right like you've Mm -hmm. you've said it's it's a lot to do and so they do a pretty good job of always putting an exclamation point when you're in the menu of like hey man you've got a new thing you should go check it out because otherwise you'd be completely lost in the amount of stuff that you are getting uh but Oh, okay. So that's so. In addition to that, the skill trees are pretty intense in terms of are you using half of this stuff? I don't know. I can't remember to use half of this stuff. But you're you're really echoing a lot of the experience I've had with Forbidden West earlier in the year. <laughs> I think that is another game that is extremely progression heavy and maybe a little totally. too ability heavy. Where These like games it's the same feel thing. Of a kind. It was it was the same thing where like. Each bow has three different techniques that you can equip, can unlock, and you have like f- anywhere from four to six bows equipped at a time. And there's like all these other, there's like seven skill trees in that game. Like it makes me think back like 10, 12 years to, I think it was, was it one of the Bioware doctors that basically said, like, what was that quote about like RPG is the gravy on top of everything else? You know, mm-hmm. it was like RPG is like sort of the secret sauce that you can add to everything now. Sure. And and it kind of feels like maybe we have reached saturation point on that stuff a little bit of like more gravy than more more gravy than meat on that one. 
Yes, I'm going to send the gravy boat back on this one. Like, sometimes sometimes less is more and, like, elegance and simplicity and progression is kind of appreciated, especially in something that's very story-driven that you kind of want to keep some momentum and propel itself forward. Well, so, especially, especially in something that's story-driven, but also in something that does not necessarily have a combat system or a, or a, you know, a gameplay system that feels like it justifies all that stuff. Because the thing I keep running, like, I'm like Vinny, like, I'm not keeping good track of all the stuff that I'm unlocking or figuring out what to do with all of it. And the combat itself, like, I guess you can make it more interesting the more of that stuff you kind of tend to pile on. But so far where I am in the game, none of it has gotten that interesting. I've had a few decent battles, but a lot of it has felt very repetitive and very much just like, as long as you're just kind of dodging, collecting health and, and stabbing stuff, you don't really have to think that hard about it. So I, I kind of it, it, it makes me it makes me feel like maybe it, a, a sort of selective approach is better than an additive approach where it's like, hey, here are different builds you could do and they're all mutually exclusive, right? It's like you could go in this direction or that direction, but if you pick one, then the other one's no longer available and you've kind of chosen and specialized and you know what your focus is as opposed so to I, just you can do everything all the time and like there's so I, much to do that you can't keep track of any of it. I think with the shields, that's the closest you get because there's a counter and parry system and you can opt basically opt out of that to say, no, I just want to block. I just want to be a tank and block. I don't want to, I I'm not good at the parries. The shield I'm using absorbs energy on blocks and then I can release it versus this, this other shield, which creates openings on parry. Right. Right. So that's a little bit more in the build area. The combat gets more complicated there are you i don't know if you've gotten to the blue circles when so you get this yellow circle when you can counter you got red circles when you can't and they introduce blue circles and blue circles were where you want to do interrupts with your shields you if you double tap the button you kind of do like a shield bash and interrupt you've probably gotten to this but there are people who have frost bars where you need to use your chaos yes. blades to take down that bar there are people who have status things that you need to get rid of there are some enemies that are immune until they're hit with a certain kind of status arrow. Gets a little more complicated. My bigger problem is I have to constantly remind myself. To, it's it's like a, a fighting game. I got to constantly remind myself to go and look at the combo list to be like, oh, all right. Yes, this one was R1, pause, R2, R2, R2. Like that's I want to because I want to build that up and I want to use that to get the special modifier on it or. Sometimes I'll just hit a wall in the difficulty or be like, what am I? I'm doing something wrong here. I am absolutely doing something wrong here. I'm not engaging in the systems the way they want me to. I've ignored them for too long. I haven't got good at this thing. And now I'm hitting a wall where I have to be good at something. Um, and a lot of those things are optional. I don't know, Alex, if you've hit the Draugr holes where uh, this kind of uh, special Draugr comes out and she's on fire. And mm -hmm. she she will uh, put you on fire. And those battles are a little more challenging than your standard undead Draugr coming out. B because you have to be a little bit better at dodging attacks and parries and, right. and kind of getting out of the way. Um, some of the parries are are quick. Some of the combat is, is skill-based for sure. Uh, you are choosing between your axe and your chaos blades and sometimes going between them fairly quickly. You can change them on the uh, D-pad. To, to go between or you could go barehanded if you want if you throw your axe and, and and get rid of it the thing is there's i feel like there are so many things 
in this combat salad and I'm just eating the croutons. Like I'm just yeah. going out there and I'm like, I'm kind of filling up on these. I just, I'm just like taking a bottle of Bacos and just like <laughs> swallowing that Dude, whole. I, man, this is too real. Back in the day when my parents straight up said, you're eating a salad for dinner and my sister would literally bake a bowl of croutons, bacon bits and trash. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's kind of what, like oh, uh, the old Sizzler special. Uh-huh. Like I, I, I have like three moves I love, and I just use them over and over until I can't, right? And then I have to, and I've unlocked everything because the XP comes pretty quickly, and I've unlocked everything I can up until I've got one more tier to unlock on the axe and the chaos blade. You can't they gate the progression on the tree based on the level of your axe. <laughs> Sorry, maybe I'm not explaining this clearly. There, because there's so many upgrades. The axe has like five or six upgrades. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah. chaos blades have five or six upgrades, but they take a super special material that you basically only get after a boss fight. So it's gated like that. Like, hey, you beat the super worm, and now you can upgrade your axe to to level two. Because, you beat Heidi Klum. Yes, you beat Heidi Klum. <laughs> uh, so then the the corresponding skill tree for that weapon also unlocks those tiers of things. Right tier. Um. And so I've, I basically have one more to go, one more upgrade for the axe and cast lights. I don't know if that means I'm a lot through the game or not, um, because in the first one, you could do that and then have a lot more game left to go after you've maxed stuff out. They introduced it. Who knows? Maybe I'm going to get like a flaming tennis racket at the end. Like they, there could be another weapon here. Uh, the chaos blades came in pretty late on the last one. So that's all the mechanical stuff that I am just not. And there's a fair criticism to say, Vinny, you're not engaging it. You're not meeting it on its terms. You're ignoring all the stuff there. And I'm saying that might be true, but I'm not finding the flow state in the combat that is making it fun to do that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, like the, I, I feel like I'm tripping constantly where it's uh, like, you know, it's kind of like you can throw everything but the kitchen sink in, but you can't make the player want to engage with it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, necessarily. So. I'm fine. Like the chaos blades, they both, both weapons have this triangle move where you can freeze up the ax or the chaos blades can turn on fire with the spin move. And I hardly use that spin move on the chaos blades at all to, to charge it up with fire. I do the frost on the ax, but I just don't do it. And then there's a, you can reabsorb the fire back into your body or the permafrost. And, um, you know, it's, the combat's pretty you, you're surrounded constantly there are blipping arrows all around you constantly because people get behind you so you're turning to parry and do all this stuff it's not like you're just sitting there waiting killing time spinning your freaking chaos blade around i don't dislike the combat but it's gonna sound like i really don't or i really do but i think i would rather just skip it and just keep on with the environmental puzzles and the story like it I feel like it just kind of gets in the way. I'd almost rather be able to hit the button and be like, show me the cutscene where I'm flying across the, the landscape with this yeah. guy. Uh, because I, I think there's just too much of it and not enough of it is really that interesting. Yeah, I think you mentioned this and it's very true in the cinematic boss fights. You do this amazing, fun cutscene with a couple of quick time events and then you're kind of back to just circling each other for another 10 minutes while you chip away health bars until you get the next cool click R3 thing. And... And the novelty of the axe thing is just not there this time. Like not there, there isn't an time. equivalent thing that's like, oh, this is fucking cool. This is the thing that they're leaning on. Like it just there isn't that. No, I mean, that's, that's another commonality with Horizon, right? Where like both both sequels are very iterative on the previous game, which in, in both cases was like very fresh and novel, right? And, yeah, like, that novelty doesn't persist through 
two and, games when that much is is that similar. And I think the problem I'm having with the story, which is is not bad. Like I think I think my we- weirdness around having fucking the dude from the West Wing vo- voice Odin. <laughs> like I think he's doing a pretty good job on an, on it with a n- neat spin on the character. And I think some of the mystery stuff is interesting, though. I feel like I kind of know where it's going, and I have a feeling it it is going to be exactly where I think it's going. But I don't know. Like, I don't think you can do another one of these, regardless of how this wraps up. I don't think you can do another one of these in the same pantheon with the same characters. Well, they said they're done in this. Well, they they should be, because the thing is, the only way you can make Kratos in his current form interesting anymore is to straight up go TVs the Hulk way (laughs) and just have him move from place to place each game, like solving the problems of the gods. I was so... So I was so hopeful after the first game that that was the direction they would go. And granted, it would be a ton more work to. Oh, yeah. You can only to, do one of those about every three or four years to, at to that con- point. You know, to conceive of like new mechanics that tie into a new pantheon of gods and, you know, come up with a whole new cast of characters and like the whole ball of wax top to bottom new game every game. <laughs> but that would have been amazing. So, yes. So they have introduced a wild card in the story at this point where I'm at where. I'm very curious to see how this plays out because uh, w- without doing unnecessary spoilers, Odin is like, I don't know. I don't know what this thing is either. And it is. Okay. So it's like, oh, okay. Like, are we introducing something that shouldn't be here? Okay. In- that, into the story. That is, that is encouraging. Cause I, that was my next question was, have they nodded toward any larger reality? Or other mythologies or other sets of gods. So I honestly don't know where it's going, but it's a thing that we're working towards. And Odin wants to figure out what this is, too. And, you know, Odin is very much like I said, he's this mafia. I think, Alex, you said it first. Yeah, he's he's the Nordic mafia. Yeah. And he's like, am I a bad guy? Come on. I got to do things. I got to run. I got to run a whole country. I got to run a territory here. Sometimes these guys get out of line. Yeah. Yeah, These guys get out of line. What are you going to do? Let them walk all over you? Of course not. I'm not a bad guy. You know, it's it's very much that kind of Odin um, where I kind of I think he's actually doing a great job. So I said like, it last I, time. He's yeah. basically a justified villain. And I don't mean <laughs> that in an insulting way. Like justified has some of the best villains of any like prestige kind of, you know, like multi-season television run. And I feel like Richard Schiff as Odin would absolutely fit in nicely as a foil for Raylan Givens. There's a great scene where this is uh, this won't spoil anything, but there's a great scene where Atreus and Odin are together and Atreus is kind of in let's just say Odin's office and he's looking at something and he's like what what you like that you can have it go take it he's like wait really it's like I ain't your dad yeah take it you're you're a good kid yeah this thing's great you can I can own I can keep this oh yeah I got plenty of them you know like I'll tell you what since you're interested in that (laughs) here you know maybe uh maybe you could do something for me so that's exactly what it is then it goes like hey you know um Maybe uh, you see, I'm not such a bad guy. Maybe we, you could do me a favor, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and you could see Atreus being he's like, "Fat Tony." Like yeah. he's just, he just straight up is a fucking mob, like you know, um, like a low level mob territorial guy. Uh, so the, the, there, that's I. I'm enjoying some of. The, I like I like the parts where Odin's in on camera. Let's say, yeah, for lack of a better term. Term. Um, the environmental puzzle stuff is very similar to what it was, except with one big exception. Do you guys remember the Norn chests where you had to find like usually the three runes that you yes. would, and they would be hidden around the environment and those were annoying enough to find? They have made them extra annoying by adding a complicating mechanic to it where you can't reach it to hit it normally and you have to string together these kind of uh, bubbles of power 
right? So like, mm-hmm. there's a um, e- there's this ability that uh, uh, your companions got to say Atre- uh, Atreus gets, where you can shoot an arrow and a sphere, like a bubble will happen on it, right? And if the bubble is touching another bubble, you can kind of chain together an explosion to reach the Norn thing. My problem is in a 3D game, I can never tell, and I'm I keep trying to see if there's a mechanic to tell when the bubbles overlap. Like it's it's hard to see when I place these bubbles if they are overlapping and you can only set like a, a few of them before they start. The first one disappears. I think they're supposed to sp- something glow more or spin more. It's extremely frustrating and I've had a lot of frustrating times and those Norn chests are frustrating to begin with trying to find the last freaking rune. My pet, that's my pet peeve with the Nord chest and inside the Nord chest are the health upgrades or the rage upgrades. Um, also I forgot to mention you can choose. There's also a mechanic where you choose what you want that rage upgrade to be. Uh, so you could also slot in your build there. There's a lot of customization here. I would say too much, uh, in, in this of what you want to be. You can choose it. I'll do this. Is just two. You can choose going bananas for damage, or you can choose getting health back. Uh, uh, that's what I have so far. Maybe there's more later on. Bananas for damage <laughs> is my favorite. Ah, uh, breakfast cereal. Nobody remembers. What Thank else? For, for <laughs> um, not a lot. I said this before. Not a lot's been happening. Like. The, the structure for the areas, so the realms have been cut off. Travel to the realms have been cut off by Odin. Ragnarok is coming, uh, but they find a way around that. The dwarves are smart, and they have figured out a way to travel between the realms, so you kind of circumvent this by basically doing realm travel. It's not the Bifrost. You're doing something else. Um, the way they usually set up a level is you will have a... The way that I have found they will set up a level is you will have a mostly on rails path through something to get to mm-hmm. the, the boss. And then after you beat the boss, basically a door opens up into a free exploration zone where you're now right. on a canoe or whatever mode of transportation you're going. <coughs> it's happened like two or three times where it's almost kind of funny because you're like, you're basically on this path to be like, you got to make it through this level. And you you know, you can turn left or right to find a chest, but you're mostly on a, on a path. Right. And then after you beat it, it's like, Oh no, now here's the overworld map for this whole area. And now you can go wherever you want to do all the side quests. Uh, and it's happened in, uh, uh it's in Midgard. It's in, uh, uh, Valheim. It's in a, a couple of the other realms that you get to later on as well. And it's, pretty silly but i i guess i kind of understand the design choice of not letting you hunt around for all the upgrades before you take on a boss in that area because then you could maybe over level or 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 find stuff that is narratively tied to the boss you just you just encountered so i guess i get it but it is kind of silly in a way uh where it's like okay now here's the seven quests we can do in this area uh right that are that are later uh it's it's very much the canoe or the, the rowboat from the first game just repeated in every realm, you know, like, Hey, uh, you're, uh, very early on in the game, you're on a dog sled, right? Cause it's Fimble winter. And that's mm-hmm. basically, so either you're on the dog sled, you're on a rowboat or whatever, but you're, you're going and you're docking at places and you're, you're exploring those little islands and, and areas, caves or whatever that would have you. I think that's about it. I mean, generally, like I said, narratively, it's just, 
they have cast Kratos again as this kind of uh, warrior sage, and I don't mind that, but you're kind of solving everybody else's problems this time. You're missing the novelty of being introduced to the Greek god of war in Norse mythology. And I think that was really interesting. Absolutely. Like the fish out of water was absolutely the fulcrum of that first game. Yeah. And you you can't do that twice. Yeah. And so people know who he is. People are like, oh, you're the god killer. Like you're, you're Kratos. Like there's no more. He might as well just be in that pantheon. There's no more. There's occasional dialogue stuff. That's fun where somebody will be like, well, what was this like in your pantheon? He's like, oh, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I've, I ripped the heads off of these guys and there was this Medusa who could turn people to stone and be like, Whoa, that's messed up. We don't have that, which is kind of fun, but like it's, but it doesn't, thing, it's kind of fun, but I don't feel like it's really hitting the same notes. Yeah. It's missing. It's missing that, that part of like, Oh man, wait until they meet Kratos, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh man, wait until Kratos get a load of me. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, he, or or even like the, the wait until his identity is revealed stuff, right? Yeah. Like, like the very beginning of that first game when who is it that shows up knocking Balder? Yes. Like that, that whole, the, all that tension around like this guy seems to know who Kratos is, but it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, yes. oh, he's been trying to go undercover and keep his identity a secret and just live a quiet life. But he's, he's about to be discovered and damn, some shit's going to go down. But that already happened. Wait until Goku goes Super Saiyan, right? Right. It's yeah. like, right. Um, and now we're, you're starting it's, with like, you've, you know, uh, now it's just going, now it's going super saiyan three to four or something. Right? You're just, yeah, you're just kind of yeah. going up yes. a little bit. Power, power. Yes. Uh, sequels, sequels are tough, man. Especially, it's, it's especially tough. sequels to like such a high concept kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that is a little bit of a drag is like, you know, Kratos is kind of a reluctant protagonist in this. He doesn't necessarily want to engage with this, these things. He mostly wants to protect Atreus who's getting himself into trouble. So, you're kind of playing mostly as this character that you're like, yeah, I'd rather not be doing this, you know? Oh yeah. And, and like some, that's, sometimes that permeates, you know, where you're like, huh, he's, he was on the verge of being the least interesting person in the last game. And he's definitely the least interesting person in this game. And, you know, it's not that he has no beats of interest within the story so far, but I feel like he really is just, a walking battle axe at this point because everyone else is has like intrigue and things kind of happening in the background and there's like stuff that involves you know kind of their fates and whatnot and Kratos is just kind of there to throw an axe. He's there to protect Atreus no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but that's about the end of it. That's that's about as much as he at this point in my story in in, yeah. in where I'm at. Uh, you do get some perspective shifts. You know, I'm not going to give them away, but you do see some other and and play through some other perspective shifts in the game. They set some stuff up, which I don't think they have made as good on as I thought they were going to when they set it up. But maybe we'll get there by the end of the game. Uh, It's just. It's a lot on the technical end, and I feel like it's a little lacking on the narrative end. So yeah. I, I think when I say technical, I mean the, the combat, this, the kind of technical combat they have. And that's kind of where I'm at. I don't dislike it. I don't love it. It's just kind of where it's at. I have found myself 
putting this game down fairly easily to take a break and do something yes. else where that I is also where I have been struggling to keep my momentum going through it. Yeah. See, so now, what if they had gone the direction of having Kratos be killed at the end of the prologue and then you uh, actually play as Atreus the whole game? Uh huh. I mean, hmm, they, they got to say something for the three cool. It could work. <sighs> I don't know if you want to play as Atreus. He's also a teenager who makes some really bad choices. And you're like, oh, my God, you're just an idiot. Like, he's a little bit of a dingbat. I don't think it's unbearable, but yeah. He gets a little more unbearable. Okay. Yeah. There is, there is like, at least, I don't know what Atreus storming out of house count is at this point, but it is... Uh, it, it's already happened to me a couple of times, so... <laughs> so um, uh, there is one point where he's just surrounded by the party. Like I said, you, you kind of acquire a party, and everybody's like dude 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 and then atreus has this like what is everybody against me <laughs> and just kind of like flips a table kind of and like is God. uh <laughs> nobody gets me man and is uh kind of out of there i to be fair i think they are all right at that moment in the moments but you know mm-hmm. there are some fun characters there's a squirrel that's fun um <laughs> you, you uh what a sentence you, i don't know if you've gotten up to the squirrel the squirrel is fun um you meet a uh, 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 was it uh, they they pronounce it differently, so I'm gonna pronounce it how I pronounce it uh, a nidhog, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, they pronounce it in some other way, and that's that's kind of fun. You know that stuff's in there. They're I feel like they're digging a little bit deeper and taking even more liberties with North mythology because they covered a lot of ground in the first one, and for the novel stuff, they've got to kind of go in the marginalia a little bit more here. Um, and maybe take a few more liberties to be like, oh, we we never did we ever talk about this really small Norse character? Like, no, okay, let's let's go. Into let's that. get into it. Yeah, I mean, listen, Thor's in it. I mean, that's yeah. that's a big one. Everybody, that, loves he's it. a very Thor. big one. Um, he's you, you big get boy. To, you get to see some other well-known characters, mostly because I know them from the Thor movies, and I'm like, oh, that character's in the Thor movies, or that she's in there. I remember her. Uh, that's an interesting representation. Uh, so yeah. God of War, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. It's out next week, right? It's out next week. I, like I said, I'm not loving it. I'm enjoying it for the most part, but it is not, I'm not obsessing over it kind of the way. Like, if I were to do my game of the year stuff now, um, it, it would not be number one for me this year. From what I've played so far, I remain the right to change my mind once I finish it up and maybe it's, maybe it's got a mind blowing ending. I'm actually truly looking forward to how this wraps up to see what they do with Kratos and, and this franchise really, uh, because do you have a God of war franchise without a Kratos? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time dog of war. Uh, there are some really nice pups in this game. Mm-hmm. Your, your sled dog. Good wolves. Good wolves. Uh, I'm gonna keep playing playing it. I, I mean, it sounds like you're you're on the verge of finishing it. So. I have no idea. Like I said, this yeah. could be a 25 hour game. This could be a 50 hour game. I actually, this is one of those games I would love to have out at release so I could play with a guide for some of that stuff because there are also things in the game and they do a generally okay job of saying there's it's like Metroidvania stuff, right? We'll need to come back with this one or we don't have the tool to enter this area yet. Or, right, right. Uh, you can't do this yet. Sometimes they you're deep enough in you're like oh i missed the chest here and then you get like another 15 minutes into a level to go back and find it it's like you don't have the tools for this it's like you know what i'm just gonna not come back i'm gonna come back and do this after i have everything because i'm sick of that happening to me um in a level where i'm trying to finish up some side quests so i I think i'm gonna mainline the story and come back uh for that stuff 
God of War Ragnarok out on uh, November 9th. Uh, was that Wednesday? I think that's Wednesday. Uh, 70 bucks on the PS5, and there is a PS4 version, so go catch it. We're going to take a break and come back. We're going to talk about some other games. God of War is not the only thing we're going to talk about. Stick around. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back. Let's talk about Bayonetta 3. The third. Yes, we've talked... Years in the making. We've talked... Uh, uh, listeners of God. this podcast know we have talked about Bayonetta, yeah. both the game and the news and, and the stuff surrounding the game, but now let's talk about Bayonetta 3, the game. Alex, you've played some. God, you were... Sorry, real quick. You were mm-hmm. not like the, all the voice actor controversy stuff completely put shoved the information out of my head that this thing has taken effing forever. <laughs> Yeah, when did they announce it is the thing I'm trying um, to remember because the last sequel was in the Wii U era. Yes, the, the Bayonetta 2 originally launched on the Wii U uh, 2017, so okay. it's been five years since they announced it. And presumably they were working on it before they announced it, obviously. So, you know, it's been a long time coming, and in that time they have re-released Bayonetta 1 and 2 on Switch even, so it's like there was a, a Remember These Sequels re-release in there. Uh, but this is Bayonetta 3. This is the game they've been working on. It is for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it, it And yes, there is the whole voice actor controversy aspect of this, But and I think that has gone a long way to overshadowing what Bayonetta 3 actually is, which is a very competent Bayonetta sequel. Um, it, my first question, if you don't mind me, is jumping in here mm-hmm. top level. How's it run on the yeah, Switch? Yeah, I've heard some things. Okay, so I've only played a little bit of handheld. I've mostly been playing on the TV. Um, it feels like a game that was designed specifically to try and run well on the handheld mode, and it kind of suffers on the TV. What is it like, like fidelity wise? Well, so 
it's pretty it's not super high fidelity, but it runs okay, at least from what I've played on in handheld. I haven't seen a lot of dips. There's a, some weird cutscene jitter, like jittering when mm. uh, when you're playing, at least when I was playing on the TV, I saw a decent amount of that. Huh. Um, and the like the character art is good. The animation is good. It's all pretty fluid. You really notice it in the backgrounds. That okay. is where I feel like they kind of pulled back on some of the fidelity to try and make this thing run well. And when it's blown up, when the screen is bigger, you just notice it more. You notice it more like okay. some of those backgrounds have a real Earth Defense Force level <laughs> texture kind of okay. thing going okay. on. Okay. Uh, but there is also a ton of like visual effects going on all the time. There's a lot of cameras, like fast camera sweeping and shit exploding everywhere. So I understand why you would need to find some other sure. areas to pull away from. But it, it runs at because it's a fast game or the other Bayonetta's were fast games. You feel like it's keeping up with the action. At least from what I've seen so far, I've only seen a couple of real frame rate dips in major crazy combat situations. Nothing, nothing super like like deleterious to my enjoyment of it, but it's been there. Okay. Okay. Um, but this this game, uh, I'm not sure how much of this was known ahead of time, but I'll just say it right here. In much the way that you know, let's say Vikings became the sort of uh, thematic, you know, popular thematic thing to go with for a while there. This is a multiverse game ah. in the way that the multiverses have been very popular in okay. popular culture of recent years. Um, so the game kicks off with Bayonetta dying, but it's not the Bayonetta that we know. It is mm -hmm. Bayonetta from another alternate universe. And yes, there is a multiverse. Wait, uh, does she have like totally different fashion sense? No. As far oh. as I can tell, Bayonetta herself, though, she does have, seem to have different companions. Okay. Um, okay. But so there like, is a big bad who goes by the name Singularity. Okay. Why not? Why not? Uh, to kind of go uh, to piggyback on the sort of uh, Jello Cube as the universe thing. <laughs> so there's the three realms in Bayonetta. There's the Holy Realm. There's the Demon Realm. And then there's the realm that everyone else lives in. And they're never the, the, the Thrain shall meet or what have you. <laughs> but there's also all these multiverses sort of pocketed in there. And so the singularity guy is some dude who found a way to kind of hybridize humans and the holy demon creatures into his minions. Ew. And he has been going through the multiverse, sort of like the Jet Li movie, The One. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, I guess you could throw some everything everywhere all at once sure. in there. Uh, trying to like basically killing all the people in those realms that would get in his way of merging everything into one Uber realm that he okay. runs. Okay. And so in that cutscene, you're seeing Bayonetta die because that is part of his mission to kill everyone off. That Bayonetta is now dead. Presumably, yes. And so... Very, hey, I'll stop you here. Very Rick and Morty. Very, sure. You uh -huh. know what? I, if you told me Kamiya got into Rick and Morty sometime uh -huh. around 2017, I would believe it. I uh -huh. hate this. Uh-huh. Look, man, it's just, it's everywhere. You can't get away from it. Um... And so one of her companions from that universe manages to bebop her way into the regular, the one we all know, Bayonetta's universe, while she's fighting some other people. Oh, the dead Bayonetta's companion. The dead Bayonetta. One of okay. her companions finds her way into okay. ba this Bayonetta's universe, and she's like, there's only a handful of realms left. There's nothing like we got to we got to stop this before it takes over everything. And Bayonetta in her typical way is like, mm, darling, I guess I'll take care of this for you. <laughs> uh -huh. Um. And so, yes, it is Jennifer Hale voicing Bayonetta. And I have to tell you right now, I can barely tell the difference. There is a difference, but it isn't pronounced. Okay. And 
combat wise, it is a Bayonetta game. It is, you know, it is heavy combos. It is stylish, hard action. Okay. Uh, guns. She has other weapons now, and there are these demons that are sort of attached to them that you can kind of turn into demon kaiju for certain battles, uh, which are pretty fun, actually. But the combat is still that face fast-paced like style of combat that these games have, have traditionally used. They seem to have filled out the level margins a little bit more. Like there's a little bit more open exploration in each level. Uh, there's a little bit more jumping around looking for stuff. I can't what say do, any. What are you of that. finding? Nothing really that interesting yet. Okay. Like I'm only a few chapters in, but so far, like what I found is that that stuff seems to be kind of padding length more than anything else. Are they collectibles or are they actual upgrade materials or weapons? Or? It's kind of both, I think. Okay. There are some collectibles, but I you can also buy those from your friend who is basically Blade that runs a bar in hell. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. the guy who is driving a pizza van at the beginning of this one. Okay. Um, it's real weird, and they that's are definitely Bayonetta. it's Bayonetta. Like, and that's the thing they the, these games have always been completely dedicated to doing the most at all times. And I don't think that has changed here in any meaningful way. It is still that style of game, that style of combat. And that thing is, it, it has been long enough now that I feel like I'm actually pretty into it. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. so you're enjoying it. I am so far, yeah. Neat. I, uh, I haven't touched it. I'm wondering... I like, I liked Bayonetta 1, I liked Bayonetta 2, but I don't know, something about... <sighs> This, I don't know how to express this without just really sounding like I've given up on the Switch, but it's something about it being on the Switch that is... I, and, and you say it runs fine, but if there's something like... But you will, still notice it, that it is very much a Switch game. Yeah, it's probably fine. It's it's really my like gut just wants to play this on a different console or on the PC, and I, I don't know. Will it ever come to those? No. I don't know. I don't Nintendo yeah. is putting publishing money into these games. Like That's yeah. not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, I mean it'll it'll likely run on a better switch at some point, hopefully soon. Yeah, but it sounds like it runs fine, so I, I don't really know what what I'm getting at here. But like, what you want you want a fidelity that just is not possible on this platform yeah, because maybe. there is a lot of style in the visuals, there is a lot of style in the, in the characters and their you know their expressiveness and their animation. Most of that still comes through, I think, pretty well on the switch. It's just you can definitely very visibly see where the limitations are in the middle of all of that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also the type of game it is because it's a very fast moving, high frame rate type of game, right? And yes. to, to keep that frame rate up and make it look better, you need more horsepower. Like I'm thinking about Mario and Rabbids that just came out. Like I've had zero issues with that being a Switch game because it's a very slow, methodical game, right? And mm -hmm. it looks that game looks fine to me, but it can because they're not pushing that hardware. You know, they're they're. They're using that hardware in a way that's appropriate for that kind of game, which is to make it look good because it doesn't have to run fast. Yeah. Right? But and I would say this looks that. good for a Switch game. But now that we are essentially like two horsepower, you know, <laughs> levels leapfrogged over from where the Switch started. I definitely have this moment where I'm like, God, what would a PS5 Bayonetta mm -hmm. look like? What would a modern PC version of Bayonetta look like? And I don't think we're ever going to find that out. Yeah, I mean, I just the series is just not big enough for that. No, unfortunately, maybe they'll do some collection when we're like in our seventies that'll like come to some PlayStation it's, streaming network thing. If you want to make a Switch game look better, there are options. Yeah, it's really I don't know what I'm getting at, but like it keeps crossing my mind when I think about going to buy it, and I don't know what like 
I should just get it because it's not going to be on anything else. So I should just I should just go get it if I want to play Bayonetta. Um, and play that's it. if you want to play Please. Bayonetta, which I think I do. I think yeah. I do. I mean, you know, might not hurt to wait and see if like the way Nintendo does things. I, I mean, surely it'll be backwards compatible. I don't know, but they might put out a new version of this on the next Switch. The way that mm. Bayonetta two came to this Switch, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know with Nintendo. Nintendo's the kind of biggest wild card with that stuff. I mean, I assume it really depends on how well this game does. Like, are they ever going to want to pour more resources into it on any platform ever? And, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Bayonetta, those games have their fan base. I'm certainly part of it, but it is not a giant fan base. And I, you know, for Nintendo, this is definitely one that feels like an outlier in their catalog, both because it does not sell super well and it just doesn't feel like the kind of game they typically invest in as a first party publisher. I don't know if I finished the second one. I really I definitely like the, did not. I, I did like finish that one. one. I don't think I finished the first one. Oh, I, got, okay. I got several hours into it and kind of felt like I had gotten what I needed. Yeah. But like uh, you said, Alex, I think it's been long enough where I can go in there. Yeah. The combat's fun. It's fluid. There's there's mm-hmm. some you know good dynamics with the different demon powers and stuff. Um, it just you know it just has its limitations and i think that i'm i'm really curious to see like what the over i've i've seen some people respond negatively to where the story goes overall okay i have to be real though i my interest in the story is never <laughs> never goes beyond what is happening in the specific scene that i am watching i'm just there for the ridiculous fucking looney tunes anime nonsense mm-hmm. i am not really there for characters or what any of them are, what their motivations are been at a 3 uh, out now, Nintendo Switch. Go catch it. Yep. Currently, Sega yeah, no. logo is still on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started out as one of their games, so I guess that makes sense. But yeah, I wonder what that is about. Maybe they. Maybe I don't. I don't know if they outright own the IP. They might. I guess that's possible. I mean, Nintendo does have a good relationship with Sega these days, so I'm sure it's not that hard. But uh, we got another game out on the Switch. Also on the PlayStation family, also on the Xbox, also on the PC. Oh my god. This is Shatter Remastered Deluxe. That's what a great name. (laughs) What a great name. It sounds Uh, like a high-end food item. mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not it's not just Shatter Remastered. It's that's it's it's some real Royale with cheese kind of stuff. So has there been a re-release of Shatter that is a remaster? Or is prior this, to this? A, yeah, not that prior I'm aware to this, of. not that I'm is, aware of. Okay, no, I don't, it, I don't think so. Is this Shatter Remastered Deluxe? Is there is there a that's, Shatter Remaster out there? That's how good a remaster is. Uh, it is Shatter? Tell me, tell me about Shatter. This is a game Man. that I, I I I peg into maybe unfairly, but because my memory is terrible, the Xbox Live PlayStation downloadable smaller game that that era of stuff. The uh, um, somewhere between Braid and uh, 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 Resogun, you know, mm-hmm. like in in that. Yeah, that's about right. Well, Resogun was a PS4 launch game, so that was 2013. I mean, yeah, that, you know, it's basically Shatter is a game that I intensely associate with the Sausalito basement. Mm-hmm. It was a 2009 game. It is Shatter is the 2009 PSN banger. Yes, uh, that I have always liked to think basically just was somebody sat down and played Geometry Wars and they were like, damn, what if we just did this with Breakout <laughs> and put a, a, or, or a soundtrack on it that just is killer. 
Yeah, so this thing is 10 bucks, and that is a fair price just for the soundtrack in this game. Like, you could just go buy the soundtrack. In fact, I think they still sell it on Steam and elsewhere, the soundtrack, that is. Mm. Um, you know, this is this is that game, but, it, you know, 4K, 120 FPS, like, they've done all the stuff. Uh, I'm playing it on the PS5. It runs fine, basically, but there's something weird about the controls where it doesn't... It's hard to put my finger on. It's not like it's like dropping a bunch of frames necessarily, but the control and the movement of the thing, which is basically a little ship that you move left and right or up and down. Like there's something stuttery about it that feels like it's not as smooth as it should be. Like not responsive or it's it's hard to, I can't, I can't qualify it really. It's really strange. It just doesn't feel quite as slick and buttery. Okay. Hmm. As you want just to keep the food metaphor going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. By all means. I, I've seen some other people saying similar things, and I actually found one of the, the one of the developers posted in a reset era thread saying like, "Hey, we're all still working on it. Like, you know, please, okay. please keep them, please keep the reports coming. Like, hopefully, if 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 there is something going on with it, it, it's not profound. It's absolutely still playable. Have you seen any reports in in those things that you have seen that it is platform dependent or is it I, it's hard to say. Okay, uh, like I said, I was I'm on the PS5. Um, Shatter still rips though. It's really yeah. good. It is it is that style of Arkanoid breakout game. You move a little paddle back and forth and knock a ball. You know, you you keep the ball from flying off the screen and knock it into a bunch of blocks back and forth. Except it's there's you know there's a, a ton of mechanics on top of that. You can you can launch multiple balls to get higher score multipliers. You it's got the it's got the patented blow and suck mechanic. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you use the triggers to like blow or suck air in or out of your thing, uh-huh. which 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 biases the movement of both the ball and other things like like you pick up little shards that come out of broken blocks to power up your meter and you essentially like you can use the suck to get the shards to boost your meter, which lets you do like a, a big beam attack or like use a shield or whatever, or you can use blow to keep balls from flying off the screen, right? Like you can kind of. In most cases, indefinitely keep the ball from like you don't even have to like. There are levels where you don't even have to touch the ball once you get it in motion. You can just use the blow to constantly keep it in the air and hitting stuff. Uh, but then you're not getting any of those shards to you know to power up your meter. So there's there's the risk, not risk reward, but you know push pull. Of. Yeah. Anyway, it's a neat, interesting spin on that type of game. And there's boss fights. There's like every like every level has broken up into like six or eight little sub levels. And a bunch of those have weird, different mechanics in them. There's all kinds of power ups. Like you can get like the. What is it? Unstoppable goes through blocks instead of bouncing off of them. The maneuver a ball you have more control over uh, in the air and stuff like it's it, it's a very fully featured game for 10 bucks if you have not if you're not played shatter you should play shatter i didn't play a ton of shatter so i i think i'm gonna oh, really? get in on this yeah it's yeah it's i think i had i've heard the soundtrack more than i've played the game it's uh, i've definitely excited. played it but it's been it's, so long man like ugh, fuck man i like i said i associate this game with that time in the basement in sausalito but i also like listening to the soundtrack I don't know if this sounds weird. It's so upbeat, up tempo, and like kind of life affirming mm-hmm. that it almost feels like it came from a different lifetime at this point. Because I think it really reminds me of how different the world seemed in 2009. Um, so that makes sense. Sure. Yes. In a lot of ways. Like a simpler time? Yes. Kind of okay. Yes. And, you know, obviously nothing is ever truly simple, but. Yes. Uh, anyway, I don't know. 
I, I also I remember Ryan liking that game quite a bit. We we both sort of like flipped out over the soundtrack and the game and stuff. Anyway, I guess all that is to say the Shatter is kind of a nostalgia piece for me at this point. And um, again, I don't want to harp on the. I don't even want to call them technical problems. Like it's not. It 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 basically seems to run fine. <clears throat> There's just something feels like it needs to be just slightly dialed in a little more to. To make it play exactly like it should. Hmm. Did um did you have you can you play the original Shatter now on a on a PS5? Um definitely not on PS5. I assume you'd still be able to buy it on a PS3. Like could you stream it? Do they have it up on their Did oh, they stop sure. selling stuff on the PS3 store or am I misremembering? Um gosh, I can't remember where that landed. they they were talking about shutting some stuff down. Uh, wait, did I completely blank on that? It's been a week. <laughs> um, I, I didn't, I thought I was in the, um, streaming section before and it, but that was when I had that PlayStation boosted, whatever the PlayStation plus double plus good thing was. I don't have that anymore. So I haven't been back mm. in there. In that. I think it is still possible. Okay. To buy it. I'm just wondering if you can you can see it or play it, the original, if you ever wanted to do a comparison on it. Uh, the most recent thing I can find is from July of this year that it is still possible to buy PS3. Okay. okay. Games. Is it 50 bucks? Uh, I guess it was never 50 bucks. Uh, I Actually, I, now that I'm talking about it, let me check. I'm guessing... Oh, no. Interesting. Remastered Deluxe did not just replace regular Shatter on Steam. You can still... You can still spend a dollar ninety nine and get regular PC shatter. If you oh, prefer. nice! I got a dollar ninety nine. An interesting. Um, I think it is either out or coming out on mobile as well. Okay. I believe this is all part of the same kind of reintroduction of shatter to the world. I w- I was mostly wondering if you could go back and feel the control on the original one to see, like, oh yes, this is. There's something different oh, with the way this feels. I, I could fire it up. Yeah, I could fire it up on PC maybe and get some mm-hmm. sense of that. Uh, Shatter remastered deluxe. Yes. Kind of available on everything for $10. I feel like that, that heyday of the Geometry Wars likes, you know, mm-hmm. the let's make, let's take a classic arcade game and make it all neon and have yes. a good soundtrack and stuff is kind of long gone. Pac-Man so it's nice DX. To, and- yes, Pac-Man. Oh, they did. Uh, there are others that I'm sure I'm forgetting. They do Space Invaders. They did right, didn't they? Yeah, do so like the a Space Invaders Invader? got a couple of yeah DX uh, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um. Gosh. You know, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, Resogun is basically Defender, right? Like they they did a bunch of that stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, I I have not played a ton of games on account of illness this week, but I did play that, and I also have fallen down the Vampire Survivors hole. There you nice. go. You're the one who introduced me, damn it. Yeah, but I I played a little bit of it and I was like, man, this seems cool, but they sure are changing a lot and adding a lot, and maybe I'll just like wait until it's done. And sure enough, it seems like they reset progress. Or maybe my save just it said it synced my cloud save and then I had nothing, so it seemed like they reset progress for the 1.0. So they I don't think they did it for the 1.0 because all my stuff is still unlocked from when I was playing early access. I think they may have done a save reboot somewhere Mm. along the way, but it wasn't at 1.0. Okay. Uh, At any rate, whatever. I don't I don't care. That game is that game too. That game is so good. It is. So how many characters do you have at this point? I'm I'm still I'm still only got Antonio as of now on on the 1.0. 
Dude, but... there is a tipping point in that game where not just from like the characters you unlock, but also just like the amount of bonuses you start to accrue for them that become permanent over time. You basically can just wander into any level, and within about 10 minutes, you are just a walking, talking aura of pure death. God, that sounds so enticing. I mean, even starting off. You couldn't beat death. death. Death comes from Death's us all. really hard. Death has a very big health bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, it is? I mean, are you, are you joking, or is there an actual end game to this? So, so the end game of each level, of the main levels at least, is that when you hit the 30-minute mark, death comes to take you away because it okay. can't go any further than that. But the, if you have the right combination of abilities and uh, are extremely patient, you can kill death. <laughs> it's, uh, it seems hard, though. It, it, it takes a long time. So you uh, do you feel the, like, clickerness brad of vampire survivors okay for sure yes like not that it's some brilliant insight or whatever but i really did hit me at one point recently of just like man this really is just barely more than a clicker but it's a mover it's not you don't even you don't even click or an idle game rather yeah uh yeah it's basically just a wasd game (laughs) there's there's a ton of strategy to the maneuvering right sure and and, and stuff like that anyway it's cool i will definitely play more of that i'm also kind of fascinated by the fact that it kind of is a whole emerging genre now mm-hmm. um like there's a game there's a game that we or at least i am going to check out for next week called uh Soulstorm survivors Soulstone survivors Soulstone. sorry i'm not yeah. all there this week mm-hmm. uh Soul, i'm sorry yes Soulstone survivors which like some of the promotion for that game flat out mentions vampire survivors and it's that same kind of game um there are I've seen others on popping up on stage. Like there are a bunch of these games, and to be fair, I think we've mentioned before. Like even Vampire Survivors itself did not initiate the genre, right? Like I think it is, is itself a clone of some mobile games, but that's the one that caught on. But there's a whole bunch of these now, and yes. like it really makes me wonder if like is it going to be kind of a Dota League of Legends situation of like are we going to is there going to be a game that evolves this form and becomes the biggest thing in the world or you know. I don't know. Multiplayer. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe. I don't know where this goes, but uh, Ro- Rogue Genesia or Genesia is another one on Steam that's in early access uh, that is th- also this kind of game. Like, they're kind of popping up all over the place, and I'm sort of <laughs> as good as Vampire Survivors is. I'm kind of curious to see if anybody else takes it in an interesting direction. Vampire Survivors is the one that seemed to get everyone this year. I'm not sure that it's going to carry over to the exact same amount of momentum for other games next year, but yeah, it kind of hit everyone this year. You may be entirely right. The last thing I'll say is that it's remarkable that they managed to come up with music for that game that doesn't get old for as much as you hear it. Mm. Like, the, that, that music is, is doing the job. It's exceptional. Uh, Vampire Survivors also coming to Game Pass and uh, consoles. Well, yes. just the Xbox. Yes. Yeah, it's Xbox. already on PC Game Pass, but it's coming to Xbox soon, and like a week November or two. November tenth, I, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that seems like a game you could play with a controller for yeah, sure. It absolutely does. Anything uh, that makes a character move, you can play that game. Yeah, with. that's pretty much it. Uh, Vampire Survivors you can catch it now on the PC, or wait a week and get it on an Xbox. Uh, next up here, if you, uh, if, if Shadow Remaster or Vampire Survivors is just too much for you, you can get into Marvel Snap 
for free. God help me. Or, God or help me. You can walk in the door for free, but uh, what's going you can, on? With you, you can and walk Snap? into Marvel Snap, but you can never leave. What is going on with Marvel Snap, and what is Marvel Snap? All right, so this is a Marvel card battling game that I downloaded on mobile, but it is apparently also on Steam, uh, and I'm sure at some point it will come to other platforms because uh, it is a free-to-play game, and they want your money. <laughs> uh, this is a card battling game, like I said. it's um, The closest analog I can draw to it is the tabletop game from Cult of the Lamb, where there's the three boards... And you're trying to get a total power level on like basically so that you win two out of the three boards. Now, the wrinkle here, obviously, it's Marvel heroes. Each card is a different hero from the Marvel Universe. They all have their own power levels, costs and special abilities that come along with that. Um, And each one of the three boards that you're trying to add power to and take over on the turns one, two and three they each reveal a special wrinkle for that board. Mm. So like one might be all characters here have plus five power or this one, all the different realms or the different boards will switch positions at some point. So whatever bonuses you were building on that one will change when they switch. Okay. Yeah. It it can get pretty wild. Actually. Are you up against another player or an NPC or the board? You are playing other players. The first few matches you do are against uh, like tutorial computer characters. But then after that, they just throw you into the pool and are like, go. And so you're building up your number level over time so that that's how they're ranking people and how and who you're matching up with. Okay. And you're building your deck. uh, Yes. And so the snap part of this is that at any point during the match up to the end, there is a snap icon at the top where if you press it, you can double the amount of rank points that you are either going to win or lose, depending oh, on how confident you are. And oh. if both players do it, you can lose or gain up to eight points. Wait. So if both players have done it, somebody is going to lose eight points and somebody is going to win eight points? Unless someone retreats before the final turn, in which case you would only lose four if you had been snapped or two if no one had snapped. I see. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So you can you can go for broke at the end there. You or can not. if you want, if you're confident, okay. yeah. Wow, that's that's an interesting like escalation. Yeah. But so the games are only six turns long, unless a bonus comes up that says this one is actually seven turns long, but that's usually it. And sometimes there's one that's like, This game ends after four turns, <laughs> fuck you. And well, uh, what does that translate to time wise? like five to ten minutes at absolute most okay. like if someone is really taking their time on every turn maybe it takes ten minutes but usually is there a counter for their turn yes there is a time a time limit for each turn okay and then the free-to-play model side of it is there's a battle pass which costs ten dollars there are certain unlockables you can really only get access to if you have the paid battle pass um or at least they will only come up soon they might come up later down the road you know as, as unlockables but uh, and they want you to buy gold, which is the thing, one of the various currencies that you use to buy other things. There's also points you earn that you can use to rank up cards, which doesn't change their abilities at all, but there's a separate tier of unlockables that comes from having higher level cards. So, so every time, let's say, you, let's say you upgrade a card to epic level, uh-huh. 
you gain three pieces of like points on that tier and you might unlock another tier on that tier of unlockables what are those unlockables similar to the ones you would get in the battle pass but the battle passes are themed around certain things whereas this is more of an all-purpose one i think Do they change the gameplay or is it like oh you got a foil card or uh no it literally is like hey this one is uh 3d now and then now there's a shiny logo okay. on it okay and, okay yeah, it's and the color back changes gotcha. but that's okay. about it yeah okay gotcha all right um interesting here's Who's the thing f- with this game yeah the first couple of nights I played it, I played for like, you know, a couple hours each time. And both days, the next day when I woke up, I literally forgot I had downloaded it because I looked at my phone and was like, oh, wait, oh, 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 right. I did this. I lost time what playing is these games. There is know. something hypnotic going on inside this software that I think is nefarious. Like, you, like your brain is mining crypto while you're doing it? I think it is like you remember that episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation with like the disc cone game that like Wait. hypnotizes everyone. Wait, are you saying they made the game? They made the game. Oh, Ashley Judd is here, and she's trying to warn me away from playing so, the game. Am oh, I going to see? Nice. Am I going to see footage of you like robbing a bank or something? And you're going to be like robbing man, a I bank was- if you're lucky, man. It could be <laughs> way worse than that. I mean, it's Disney, man. You don't know what they're up to. Um, you're going to see video of me unfreezing Walt Disney's head. <laughs> He's in a bunker down mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Uh, all right. Marvel Snap. That's available it's, on uh, mobile NPC. Despite the fact that I think it is a, a nightmarish time suck, yeah. it is kind of fun. No one should play it, but it's pretty fun. Okay. I, 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 as, as predicted on the Ramblecast yesterday when you brought this up, I downloaded it when you started talking about it. And by the time you finished talking about it, I had deleted it. I Good never idea. actually, I never launched it. I was like, nope, actually, I don't need this in my don't. life. Don't. Great. Don't. Especially, I mean, whatever. I mean, we should, we should, we should, we should move on. But you know, I did play that match of Dota the other day. Oh mm-hmm. no! Let's all fall into our old addictions or new addictions, whatever we got. I'm gonna start playing Hearthstone again. That's how fucking nightmarish things are gonna get. I uh, I don't think it's an addiction, but I I feel like I'm nearing the end of Grounded in the uh, in the narrative. In your in your game. In my game, in my narrative game here, I feel like I have little left to go, so I am trying to pick up some of the, um, narratively, some of the uh, harder stuff, and I'm, I'm kind of stuck on uh, fighting a Black Widow. Black Widow, hard, hard spider to yeah. beat. Yes. That game, like, spiders are pretty intimidating in that game already. <sighs> my kids have stopped playing because of the spiders. Mm. They, uh, they're just like, you know what? They there's just too much. It's just too much too walking much around, walking is, around that night, and you get that like, and like that is, spider. Is Black Widow like the like the last boss or something. I think it's optional, and I think there oh, are okay. a couple of them. But uh, I need some Black Widow fangs to get this tier three thing, the dagger for underwater, so I can harvest pond moss, so I can make magic wands. I want to mm. make uh, I want to make mm. some staves. Uh, so. I'm getting. I think I'm getting pretty close there. Again, I'm playing on um, mild, which it's even the Black Widow on there just seems tough. I think you really have to learn the parry system to uh, take on that Black Widow spider. But it's been fun. I've uh, I've still enjoyed that game. I will probably go back in at some point. I feel like when we go in, I have a better sense of a direction. You know, like when we go into our joint games to play them of okay here's what i want to accomplish in a session of grounded versus you know that game could be kind of overwhelming like survival games are in terms of where you go uh and 
I have finished Elden Ring. You sure Whoa. did. Whoa. I I got my platinum. I think I've done pretty much everything. There's one more um possible thing I want to do, but I think I'm pretty good. Like I don't think I'm ready to hit the new game plus button. I think I'm ready to put it down for a little bit. I think that's I probably really, the right call. I really it's, enjoyed that game. I bet there's going to be DLC at the Game Awards. That's just a hunch. I wonder. I so like. I wonder if I will sit on this save then until that is confirmed or not, because I don't want to have to go through a new game plus to get up geared up enough to go do the DLC. You know? Oh yeah, I didn't think about yeah. Huh. So I, I think I might just hang out here for a little bit. A little bit. Oh, can you put can you put PS Five saves on a thumb drive? And, no. Okay. No, then, that I hate it. Because they they took that out, you can only upload them to the cloud. Okay, then I think I'm just gonna hang out for a little bit, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, that game is amazing. Like I said before, I just kind of put a bow on it because it's probably the last thing I talk about Elden Ring on this podcast for a bit. Great game. Thanks everybody for joining us uh, as we finished that one up and went through all five of the endings or whatever it was. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say you safe scummed the endings. I take yep, it. Yep, yep. It was uh, it was pretty painless to do. It was just kind of redownloading that they give you a checkpoint right before you hit the button to initiate the ending, so you don't have to like beat the boss over and over again, which right. is nice. It was they very satisfying to see you finish it. Yeah, I'll say thank you. It was it was it was fun. I again really like that game. It is ranks highly for me. Let's say think that's going to do it for the games for this week we got some news to cover here so stick around we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with this week's news stick around this week's show is brought to you by bespoke post alex navarro you know i love packages i mean i get them all the time it's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door it is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. It's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've i gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this- to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? <laughs> I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way. I, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome, and the things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten. I've gotten uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom, uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that'll go inside a kit that is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER, for 20% off your first box. 
boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, Bespoke Post. We are back. And this week, the news found us after, I don't know, it hasn't been that long. I'll call it a year. It's probably fewer than 12 months of PlayStation VR 2 rampant price speculation. Has it been a year, Brad? Gosh, I bet it has. Has uh, it ever? It has. It, I bet it has been over a year since they announced that thing. Uh, we finally have dates and prices for this stuff. Yeah, February, yeah, February 22nd. Uh, what do we got? 550 US dollars. 550 US dollars, February 22nd, 2023. They, they, they did it. They split the difference. They really did. This like, really I mean, feels like the ultimate compromise cost. I really thought, is it okay? Is it going to be 500 or 600? Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, Listen, they focused, they did the same thing we did. They just focus grouped it. They were like, well, 550 sounds palatable. It's expensive, but palatable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think probably a lot of people are going to look at that and go, huh, more expensive than the console itself, huh? So you get two of the controllers with this. And don't forget those PlayStation controllers, the dual, the dual senses, they're expensive, but you do get, uh, what are they calling their controllers? The not the elite, but something similar. Uh, sense. No, no, the, 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 yeah, the, just the sense controllers. Oh, I yeah, believe. Yeah. So you got um, two sense controllers. You get your headphones, which you're probably, I don't know, you're going to use them or not. And you get the headset in that $550 bundle. There is a yes. separate charger for $50, which uh, yeah, for the controllers, yeah, which I think I would get for this. If I were, if I were getting this, I'd probably want to get the charger. God, $50 for a charger seems kind of stiff. It seems kind uh, of stiff. It looks funky, but yeah, there's a, there's also a $600 bundle with Horizon Call of the Mountain, which I thought, whatever. I have they really couldn't turn out an Astrobot thing for this. Huh? I, I, I have not played the game. I should not weigh in, but I didn't necessarily know that Horizon Call of the Mountain was a $50 game, but. It's not priced yet. I looked up to see if there there's no PSN price for it. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the game will cost, but that's obviously a fifty dollars surcharge to get yeah. the game with the thing. Uh, I mean, the hands on reports out of TGS from people who played it there made it sound actually like more fully featured than I expected, but still. I wonder if it'll be sixty or seventy on the on its that's, own. Yeah, it's tough to say. I guess it could be. So, what do you think at five fifty as a consumer? What do you think? I think they're walking into a bad time, and I'm not saying that just because this particular number. Mm-hmm. I think even 500 was going to be a tough sell to the current consumer marketplace, given inflation, yeah. given everything going on here, and especially given the fact that outside of Horizon and a few other things, which I can't say that any one of those has really been a a a game changing sounding similar like seller here for me. You mean the games they announced? The games they have announced for PSVR yeah. 2. What I'm yeah, saying they, is they, that like, without a, a really strong launch lineup of things that seem like, oh, wow, this is a thing I have to play in VR, I think that price is going to be a tough sell. Yeah, like, I mean, yes, you're totally right. Like, they need a killer app. And, like, they, they announced the launch lineup today as well. And I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Like, there's Horizon. Like, Supermassive announced a Dark, Dark Pictures VR game that's pretty similar to that Until Dawn VR game they did, if you played that. Yeah. Which was not super. It wasn't super. It wasn't it was, great. 
it was kind of, I mean, it was neat for what it was, but yeah. it was very slight. It's basically a roller coaster. I mean, mm-hmm. it's quite literally on rails. Like, it is like literally you are in a cart. It's like a fun house. Like a mine cart. Yeah, yeah. it's like a roller coaster fun house kind of thing. I would guess that's quite a bit like that. There's a Crossfire game from Smilegate, you know, Crossfire X. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a number of games that are getting ported over. There's like Cities VR. Um, there's a Hello Neighbor game. Jurassic World game like Pistol Whip is getting upgraded for PSVR 2. Um, there's not a ton of s- s- new stuff. There's a, there's a handful of, of new games here. But there's nothing like super like, for the price of that headset. There's nothing that really makes you go like, man, I need to have that thing on day one. I don't think. Yes. Like where is um, where is my uh, super was it super super Oh gosh, what's the name super of that? Hot? Super Hypercube. Super Hot. Yes, Super Hot. Super Hot. hot. Two, oh, where's, super my, hot. Su- where's my Super Hot 2? Oh, I super, think hot super Hot VR, VR was good. Yeah, Super Hot VR was a bit later, though, right? I think. Yeah, that, that was out. a little bit uh, later. But oh, like, wait a minute. Did that come out at launch? No. It didn't this come out at like, launch for the other headsets. It might have come out around the launch of the PSVR headset. I, 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 this Wikipedia says it was December 5th, 2016. I think, or that, that may not be launched, but very close to it. Like yeah, launch window. Or something. Gosh, super, okay, Super Hot VR is way uh, earlier than I remembered. I was, I thought you were talking about Super Hypercube, the <laughs> actual best PSVR launch game. That game's cool as hell. But yeah, give me uh, a even even a Super Hot VR port. I think I'd be more excited. I mean, I just like Super Hot. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna add this to my like YNAB budget. I'm uh, February. That's not too far away. It's expensive, but I have been. I've been holding off on any other VR stuff kind of to see where this falls. I guess maybe I would wait to see what the technical reviews are like, how it performs. and uh, But the specs seem decent on it. Spe- I- specs are very respectable. And it, you know, like I've said many times, the PSVR is still the most comfortable headset that I'm aware of. I haven't tried all of them at this point, but like the, the build and the design of PSVR are fantastic. And I expect yeah. that to be this is the case again. And the hardware, unlike last time, the hardware is like super duper there. Is it USB C on the other yeah. end of that cord? Can yeah, I, so it's it's one USB C cord. Can I plug this into a PC and no, play? Nobody, nobody knows yet. Okay, I hope so. Like, if this can also double, and so like there were ways to use the PSVR one on a PC, but they were not great. Mm-hmm. If it's possible, and I'm not, I would not take it for granted <laughs> that it will be. But if it does turn out that this can be also used very functionally as a p a pc vr headset yes. like the value proposition of this thing goes through the roof right so that's what i'm wondering if like do you go pre-order it now before they sell out if that's the case or do you kind of wait to see what the uh they're taking pre-orders when it's soon right uh so soon but they're only going to sell it sony's only going to sell it direct f- at first at first from their like Sony they're, they're not going to sell this through yeah through playstation direct in particular they're not going to sell it through retailers in the u.s at all I wonder if they'll do Which, that like ticketed thing again where you have uh, the opportunities you like get in line to get an opportunity to yeah, get one. Th- I think that's basically how PS direct works. Uh, it, it does make me wonder if they're going to be supply constrained on this thing at launch. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, but, everything is supply constrained. Of course they are. I'm uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not totally put off. I, I didn't think this thing would be under $500 seeing what yeah, was in no, it. Not, not with, not with the tech that they were putting into this thing. It seemed 
Cause yeah. you know, like look at, look at what headsets are on the PC. Yeah. It's like a thousand dollars still for the, um, top of the line, um, valve one, right? Like uh, the, the Vive and the index are de- definitely, definitely still way up there. I mean, like the, the quest, the quest has gotten into more mass market price territory, but, uh, this is not that much more than that. I might still be on board. It's a chunk of change, but, um, I mean, it, it is, you're literally just buying another console, yeah. but, uh, uh, I don't know. I got a I got a decent amount of mileage. I bought the last PSVR after the price dropped off. That's the thing is I think I might end up doing the same thing because I have a feeling if this thing does not take off and at 550 mm. it's going to be a little hard for that thing to do so. Unless inflation yeah. really gets out of control, I feel <laughs> yeah. like we're maybe a couple of years away from like a pretty decent price cut with a good bundle. Yeah, I guess am I going to wind up with two PSVR two sense controllers sitting in a dusty bin next mm-hmm. to my Google Stadia controller and my, you know, I guess I got to use that in my Move controllers. A uh, second life on the uh, play- PlayStation VR. Yeah, yeah. I I I also would hope for a price drop at some point. I imagine the build materials on this thing is pretty stiff, so mm. probably not going to see it plummet in price the way the first one did. Because, you know, think about think about how much of that first one they offloaded onto other gear like the camera mm-hmm. and, and the moves that already existed and stuff like that. And, and this thing, this thing has a lot of modern tech that is right there in the headset and the controllers. So uh, they probably don't want to eat a big loss on that thing if they can help it. I don't know, man. It's a weird one. I'll, I'll it's a weird you, one. It's a weird, it's a weird one. This is like, that's like nothing in the PC space where people are throwing $1,600 at GeForce 4090s left and right. <laughs> right. Like there's a lot of expectation uh, for people who buy PC stuff that things are expensive. But again, in the console space where this is more than the console that it runs on. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see how this goes. Same here. Like, uh, it, it's, it's a big one. I, I am also bummed out that it's not coming. Well, they would say if there's a pack in free thing, right? Like the Astrobot stuff, they would have said there's not going to be a mystery. Like, yeah, no, there's there's no playroom thing in here, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, you are immediately you are in for at least one game after you buy it. Because like, there's no the thing that we wound up using in this house a lot was the um I don't know what an asynchronous isn't the right word, but the, hey, one person wears the headset and other people look at the screen. Without one of those games, for me in this house with the family, the value goes down because the kids are going to want to play it and, you know, one person can only play with the headset on at a time. So that causes that, friction. I have not I have not watched this trailer for the Hello Neighbor game, but maybe does, does this kidding. have I'm that? I'm not getting the kids in the Hello Neighbor. That's, yeah, that's probably, that's, not, that's probably the right move regardless. I'm not. Not no hello neighbor, but they, you know maybe some of these other games. I haven't watched all these trailers. Like I don't really know what Cosmonious High is, or uh, uh, yeah, that's Alchemy Labs. That's that's been out for a little bit on PC headset. Okay, on I think aren't they owned by Oculus or uh, Tentacular? Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, you think they'll have a pretty strong preview cycle for this of people being able to do reports on how this thing runs and I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I guarantee they'll like the digital foundries of the world. will get a hold of it early at a time. And, okay. and oh yeah, for sure. And, like, and dissect it. 
There's a couple of things I'd like to know before investing almost $600 in this ecosystem, you know? I maybe have more than a couple. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, listen, if it were a PlayStation 6, I'd probably be like, all right, I'm getting it. Uh-huh. But this this feels a little more optional and gratuitous, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, the PSVR library is probably still the best VR library to date. And even that felt, like, largely kind of inessential. With, uh, a, few, I- with a few exceptions, like, like Astrobot. Uh, like RE7 VR is is great. Um, I liked Moss a whole yeah, lot. Moss is cool. Uh, uh, yeah, that Rhombus of Ruin was all right. It yeah. was fun. You know, there there are a lot of people that swear by the stuff on the VR that I have. I just don't know the games that come out. The smaller things, the the games that have kind of popped up in the margin for people that have stayed abreast of it. And I, I fell off kind of once I left. Once I stopped going to play with the VR kit over in the West Coast office, like mm-hmm. we didn't have one over on the East, so I never really played anything except yeah. for the the PlayStation game. Yeah, um, that's I cool. Mean, yeah, they're, they're they're the kind of perennial VR favorites. Like 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 I said, like I said Pistol Whip is getting upgraded, and uh, I have to imagine Beat Saber will get a PS5 upgrade at some point. Coincidentally, those are both rhythm games. Maybe VR is just good for rhythm games. It is pretty good for rhythm games. Thumper fucking rules in VR. I uh I have that camera. I mean, I basically have to get this now because uh, oh well, the camera. Remember, this is camera free. But doesn't it? Doesn't isn't there some kind of like additional usage? Or, doesn't it integrate no, with that no, camera? There's no, nothing with the camera. Does, does nothing with the camera. The camera is literally useless, Vinny. What? Come on! I thought there was some like enhanced. Nope. Why do I have this camera? No one knows uh, because it was a launch item. Uh, and a bunch of people bought it because it was a launch item. I should have bought a charging station instead of a camera. Man, hey, all you right. can stream yourself playing video games right from your PlayStation. <sighs> all right, let's move on before I get angry. That thing wasn't cheap. Um, but that's neat, though. Again, uh, end of February. Look for it. Is it end of February worldwide or is it uh, um, territory? I don't think they listed every territory. They did okay. list the territories where it is direct only, which is like also. Basically, a bunch of Europe. Okay. UK, France, Germany, Netherlands, some others. Okay. Uh, for they the, say other, other territories, it will be available through retailers, but they don't say what territories those are. Okay. Uh, moving on here, Brad. Uh, what is going on in the rest of the console space? Oh, gosh. That's quite a question <laughs> there. Yes. Yeah. Um, Open-ended. You just bring, bring whatever you want. Boy. Um... I guess let's stick with the Sony stuff for now. Okay. Um, Sony Sony earnings stuff has been happening, and like some revenue is up, others is down. Mm. Stop me if you've heard this one. But they've lost. Okay, one of the big key t- takeaways from this latest earnings report is that they've lost uh, about two million users from PlayStation Plus since those revamped tiers. That's launched. what it jumped out to me. But the revenue uh, is up, apparently. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah, that's what I meant. Like the the revenue from from network services and games is up despite the loss of users, but then profits are down because operating costs are way higher because they bought Bungie and inflation right. and supply chain and et cetera. But, so I wonder on the uh, over under if their push for the higher tier stuff got their dedicated people to spend more on PlayStation plus, but, and it's making up some of the difference for the people they lost. I want, I wonder what the net pie chart looks like on that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I, I will say that their CFO like straight up said 
in this earnings call that uh, you know movements on the revamped PlayStation Plus has been sluggish, mm. uh, and that they didn't promote it as well as they should have. Mm. Uh, we didn't make aggressive promotions during the second quarter. Uh, there has been a declining number of members. Like yeah, so. It's not catastrophic. I mean, they've still got like, what is it? I think 47 now or 45. Mm-hmm. Um, also, also overall, like monthly users on PlayStation is also down. Like they, you know, some of that is attributed to like, Hey, people are going outside again in the summer. Yeah. I mean, it's also a slow release year for, for big marquee Sony stuff. I mean, God of War just came out, but in terms or will of come the, out or will come out, but like, um, you know, I think video games, for me, video games feel like they've been coming out a lot on the PC uh, in places. Maybe that's just where I've been playing a lot. I mean, those marketplaces on Microsoft and Sony, like, they're always adding stuff. It's just that a lot of it is stuff that feels kind of like it's clinging to the bottom of the store. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just games that are just kind of being churned out there and not stuff that anyone is, like, really promoting or getting out in a big way. Oh, yeah. There's definitely stuff coming out. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, the big marquee... Um, you know, E3 headliners that traditional E3 headliners have been a little slower this year. So, um, maybe, maybe people are, maybe people got tired of destiny too. I don't know. <laughs> They're just like, I, I'm not getting on my PlayStation for a while. No, no comment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, they're just going, they're tired of destiny too. They're going back to Dota, you know, mm-hmm. just get yep. back in there. That everybody's We're all talking going about back it. to Dota. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think, like you said, my takeaway, it was interesting not catastrophic didn't yeah say. i mean i guess the, the real the real bullet point here is that that the the revamped playstation plus has not exactly like taken off mm-hmm. like a rocket as a competitor to game pass should we move into the game pass um yes meanwhile on meanwhile, microsoft land <laughs> yes phil spencer is all out there saying things in different places um he uh uh, he he was at the Wall Street Journal Tech Live conference uh, this this past week, and is basically talking about price increases on Xbox hardware and services, which is something they previously committed not to doing. Yeah, uh, but it seems like that was not going to last forever. We've held price on our console. We've held price on games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. Mm-hmm. I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things, but going into this holiday, we thought it was really important that we maintain the prices we have. I so. think out of the moves, that's the smart choice there, you know, uh, price increase you, right before holiday is tough. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, Microsoft with its much deeper pockets can, yeah, maintain that they can, they can, advantage. they can eat the losses. They, they can maintain that competitive advantage against Sony who seemingly cannot, mm-hmm. uh, but I wonder where that leaves pricing on Game Pass, uh, which, yeah. like they've been saying, Game Pass is profitable for them now as it stands. But you could certainly see some minor. I mean, Netflix, Net, Netflix, Netflix, <laughs> Netflix, Netflix certainly seems to get away with you know it's kind of every other year inching up a dollar or two. Uh, you know, Game Pass seems to want to be Netflix for games in every other way. They might as well follow suit in that way as well. I mean, well, well this kind of dovetails into the, the final little story here, but if they keep on acquiring every damn studio and getting, having day one Game Pass games, maybe they, they can justify their price increase. 
yeah, maybe so. Uh, are, are you referring to the Call of Duty thing? I am referring to the Call of Duty thing. Yeah, this this really got a lot of attention for whatever reason. I guess people are just poised for Microsoft to do something evil uh, now that they own Activision. But uh, he gave an interview on the Same Brain channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the poll quote is, as long as there's a PlayStation out there to ship to, our intent is that we'll continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation. I did like the phrasing of that. Uh, uh, yeah. Which, like, I don't know. I mean, on its face, that sounds pretty definitive to me. Unless they want to get real loose with their definition of a PlayStation to ship to. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right, right. I don't know what that means. Like, maybe they come out at some point and say, hey, we only ship the platforms with Game Pass now. Right. And then it's like, oh, well, well, there's not a PlayStation to ship to because we don't ship consoles without Game Pass. Or if they move to a service-based thing where it's like, oh, this runs on your smart TV and it's the PlayStation service. Well... We, we don't ship to that. Yeah. So uh, I think, anyway, I mean, you know, I, whatever I, I generally take Phil Spencer at his word. Like he seems to be a reasonably straight shooter as corporate executives go. I mean, it's getting a little rocky and some of the acquisition, this, this merger, right in the UK, this is where this has hit kind of some stumbling blocks. On the- uh, that's the main place I've seen that stuff happening. I, um, God, what was the publisher? There was actually uh, a, a, a you know, an acquisition was just blocked in the U.S. I want to say it was Simon and Schuster. Oh yes, the was, yes, Penguin was almost yeah, it was almost acquired, and 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 then they stepped in and and blocked it at the last second. Uh, so not a foregone conclusion that that Activision deal will close, but I think I want to say I, I could be misremembering, and maybe this is in the periphery of this. I want to say Sony got out there and said something like Call of Duty being locked up is bad for the marketplace. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, they've been all over the place, like left and right, complaining about this as they should. And uh, of course, would. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, whatever. Like, I, I should mention he also he follows that quote by saying similar to what we've done with Minecraft since we owned that. And I'm like, look, there's every possibility that Call of Duty is, in fact, enough of a cash cow like minecraft that it does make more sense to keep it on everything than to lock it up as a as an exclusive i think Um, this is so much more complicated now because of marketplaces within games right when microsoft puts call of duty on a playstation and you buy something you buy your skins inside the marketplace on the playstation what percentages are going where and who's getting what cuts and i think it's just like, are you signing up for, does your Blizzard account basically become a Microsoft account at that point when you're like, hey, you need to log into the Call of Duty servers with your Microsoft account, your Xbox account. Are you basically just getting new signups for Xbox now on a PlayStation by way of Call of Duty? Like, that's, these things are like a little more complicated than they used to be in terms of like, put the disc in. Yeah, it's weird. That's a weird one. It's got a... MLB's got a Sony logo on it, but it plays on my uh, plays on my Xbox. Like it's a little weirder now. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of Call of Duty players on PlayStation, so hell yeah, they are getting getting seventy percent of that revenue yes. from them versus none is probably still appealing for now. Uh, Definitely, yeah. I, I, apparently, Modern Warfare Two was huge. Like the launch, okay. You know, I was that was going to be my next question. 
last last year's game did not do super great to the point that they were kind of like making excuses for his performance, but Modern Warfare 2 apparently has just exploded out of the gate. So Call of Duty still big. Yeah. So wait, in the story you you linked that they had that tweet that said it's the biggest Call of Duty launch ever. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That is that's intense. Sounds wild for, you know, franchise that has seemed like it was maybe I would love to see some breakdowns of those numbers that we will never, ever get to see. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild because Call of Duty used to pull in some numbers for sure. All right. So that's the uh, that's the console business. Um, uh, Phil Spencer uh, and Sony embracing the uh, change that is coming. Oh, there it is. Um, what I see what you thing? did. I see. Brad. Tell me about being embraced. Mm. Embrace the, me. Um, <laughs> Hold me. The embrace is not forever. <laughs> sometimes it's actually only a few months. Is it the harder uh, you embrace, the more things fall through the, the arms? I'm sure. Uh, they have shut down what was until very recently Square Enix Montreal, uh, which they went out of their way to rebrand as Studio Onoma. Uh uh, and then unceremoniously seem to have shuttered instead of allowing them to actually make a game. Now, it's, I mean, to clarify here, this is not Eidos Montreal. This, that's no, the no, studio that made uh, Deus Ex and whatnot. This is the studio that made Hitman Go and yeah. uh, I think Lara Croft Go. Yes, they, they, they talked like they were going to pivot this studio in some fashion, which was part of the rebrand. But uh instead they have shuttered it and i think it's about 200 people getting laid off is it is it strictly laid off or is it reabsorbed to like other places some well, people- they are offering some so they're they're offering some opportunities to some existing employees to move to idos montreal but the language is two, 200 jobs will be affected which mm. i think generally means 200 positions being eliminated mm. in my experience um so condolences to people losing their jobs here of course um is this the first somewhat high profile closure embracers had since they went on that buying spree oh it can't be um they've embraced so much but they did it all in a pretty short span yeah i can't think of any others that have closed already i mean i'm sure there might be some smaller studios in there that maybe just weren't as high profile but i feel like (sighs) this is the first one i've noticed that was like really like Hey, Embracer just bought this damn thing, and now they're like, eh, maybe not. Well, it, it, yeah, I guess we'll have to see how it all shakes out and how much does get shifted around. But this is like, you know, they this was a package they bought, and this is one of the pieces of that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Thing. I mean, so. yes, I'm sure we can speak from experience that sometimes you <laughs> yeah. are part of a small property that gets wrapped up in a right. bunch of bigger ones and sold off. Right, right. And like, you know, um, I, I don't know, uh, the restructuring and, you know, obviously, again, you know, if people are going to be affected. That sucks if they have to move or d- change up in their life because of this. But Yeah, uh, I mean, I, the, 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 the part where it gets weird is that they went out of their way to rebrand the studio and seemingly come up with a new plan for it. And then kind of 11th hour before they get going on a project, they just yeah. cut them instead. That's a little odd. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, don't, don't forget that deal also included Crystal Dynamics and IDOS Montreal, which are, of course, much bigger studios. Right. Um, so this came out of a Jason Schreier report on Bloomberg that had some other nuggets of information in it, which, like I said, included the fact that some of these people will be offered positions at IDOS Montreal. 
who apparently is working on Fable. <laughs> like, kind of as a support studio from the sound of it. Sure. And, and potentially other Xbox properties as kind of assistant developers, as, as developing development assistants. Okay, so here's my question about this. Uh-huh. The idea of support studios is absolutely nothing new. I mean, and a lot of them are, you know, I can say the Ubisoft kind of parlance, like usually they have like 13 different studios working on their biggest AAA titles, many of which are just studios you never hear about unless they're in the credits for games. But in the case of, let's say, God of War Ragnarok, which I'm pretty sure had quite a few uh, support studios working on it, that were not just internal Sony companies. I feel like this thing of like branching out and getting studios outside kind of the sphere of your immediate influence is a kind of a new wrinkle. Am I wrong on that? I feel like you guys know this way better than I do because you've, you've covered this part of it much more deeply, but I feel like it used to be you don't talk about it. Right. It, it, you just you, you have people come in um, towards the end of development or you have some people kind of help out and it's like a little known fact and you, you don't put them on the you don't put them in the credits or you maybe put them deep in the credits, but it's not advertised, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, my understanding is that big AAA games get tons of development support these days and it's just a fact of life and it's like it just is absolutely big. just uh, yeah no and they and they're definitely all in the credits if you watch these days they all get named thoroughly and i think yeah. there's a lot of assumptions um, about whether they were just like middleware developers or whatever but it feels like now they're actually getting out there and crediting these studios a little bit more and maybe that's what it is maybe it's just I, that they're getting better about crediting this stuff i mean I'm, I'm certainly no expert but my impression was always like our asset generation was a huge part of it like yeah. just level level and character assets maybe maybe even an animation i don't know for sure about that one but it was a lot of it is just that art Art labor is massively intensive on modern games, and they yeah. just needed more more people to help generate the amount. You know, look at look at any major story driven game these days, and just how much goddamn art there is in there. Mm-hmm. But like, here are some of the other studios that worked on on Ragnarok, <laughs> like PlayStation Studios Creative Arts, Valkyrie Entertainment, Blue Point Games, Red Hot, Super Alloy, Jetpack Interactive, Super Genius, and Original Force. Yeah, so like the, the the thing that sticks out to me about this is that like a lot of these support studios like that that you see in those credits start out that way and then maybe staff up and like go on to make their own games later, right? Right. But like Crystal Dynamics is a like thirty year old yes. storied studio, but again, they're not some support studio here. Like, no, I think it's co developed. There's some kind of co development yeah, like, happening here. So so like remember, Crystal Dynamics is helping with Perfect Dark. So you think so, there's just a relationship there at this point? Like, yeah, I don't know if it's probably maybe something along those lines that uh, it's the initiative, right? So that's, that's, I don't know why I cannot, I can never remember the name of the Xbox Santa Monica studio. It's the initiative, right? I don't know. Anybody? No, I, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I forget I, what the initiative even is. Uh, yes, it is the initiative. Okay. Initiative is the developer that they formed to work on Perfect Dark. But remember, they announced that Crystal Dynamics would be stepping in to help yeah, it's almost more of a code development. Like I, I should have probably said up front, this is more of like a code development thing from the sound of it than right than than just general support. Right. Uh, so it seems like you know Playground is the primary developer on Fable, but Fable seems like it's been in development for quite a while, and so it seems like now IDOS Montreal, according to Trier, is potentially going to assist with development of Fable the way that Crystal D is doing for Perfect Dark. Do we know anything about Fable? 
No, they showed okay. one CG trailer, and that was okay. kind of it. So we don't know, like, reboot, sequel? Well, it's supposed uh, to be a new reboot. game, but... Yeah, okay. it's almost certainly a reboot. I think that, I mean, Molyneux out of the picture, you kind of have to start fresh, right? I guess. We could just leave Fable on the table. I'm a Fable fan, but, like, we could just leave Fable as it was. Leave Fable on the table. Leave Fable on the table, please. Um, so... Uh, Trier says that Idos Montreal is also working on a new IP, although there's like no real information about what that is, and that they apparently just scrapped a project recently that he refers to as a kids on bikes game. <laughs> Was that the one that the Stranger the, Things? Thing. Stranger yes. Things, yeah, in, in the vein of Stranger Things, which I <laughs> think is a really funny name for that genre. Kids on bikes, I love it. Yes. Do kids not ride bikes anymore? Does that like <laughs> is that some kind of like generational demarcation line now? <laughs> Maybe that's like if you have kids riding around on bikes, you're like, oh, the 80s, 80s, 90s. Got it. Okay, sure. Yes. Kids yes. no longer ride bike. They only have cell phone. I don't even know what that is. That it's sounds- just, I don't know. It's just a bit like the kind of prattle people have about like, <laughs> why don't kids do the things that I used to do anymore? They got them damn cell phones now. Uh, go ride a bike. Go ride a bike. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. But first, there's one last bit of news. Sure. FMV News. never dies. News is what this is. How many versions of this did you download? I got all four of them. I only did the PC one. Oh, I've got I've got all of them. I would imagine the PlayStation version probably has the best quality FMV mm. based on how things were going at the time. With I, FMV. Did, I did the PC one because I thought I had the best chance of getting that up and running. Uh, well, the PlayStation one apparently will just work on a PlayStation. Like You can burn it to disc and, and just yeah, go? or you know, I could fire it up on the Mr. Core for the PlayStation or anything. Oh, wow, run, okay. Or an emulator, anything that'll run PlayStation games. It works just fine, apparently. Brad, what are we talking about? Uh, the Sacred Pools? I, I had never heard of this. I had never heard of this either, no. No. Alex? I, no. <laughs> apparently I had never adult, heard of this. An erotic thriller made by Sega that was originally going to come out in 1997, actually by Sega Soft, the label that Sega, the short-lived Sega label uh, that was supposed to publish games to the, the PC in the 90s. Edgy. Uh, and did. like some. They put some stuff out, but not a lot. And this got canceled. Uh, it's leaked. The Sacred Pools, a prototype or a somewhat final or finished version of The Sacred Pools has leaked. Have you watched any gameplay of like people know, playing I, it? I, I went out of my way not to. Um, I watched a bit to see how how playable it is. I saw somebody play, try to play through some of it. it. Definitely, the video quality looked pretty good. The FMV-ness was strong. It looked like, design-wise, maybe a kind of um, more in the obtuse FMV puzzle solving vein somewhere between action and puzzles but uh i believe it yeah i'm curious you know i think we have to we should remind people uh because our audience might know but if you're telling a friend you should remind them as well erotic video game in this era meant like maybe scantily clad this isn't Mm -hmm. it's not hardcore pornography well definitely not that there there might be some nudity i don't know it's possible but it's probably not like you know it's like night trap probably levels of eroticism yeah actually come to think of it yeah they were they were not going to ship a game on playstation and saturn with nudity in it no so like not like not like real nudity this is not this is probably like some scantily clad stuff and some like um 
uh, suggested, suggest, suggestive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, guessing this concept. is in the tender, loving care vein. Of, I'd say yeah. less nudity than that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this was, TLC only had that one scene, but it was pretty. It was a scene. It was a scene. What was the yeah. what was the canceled Jaguar game that we played through? Like, oh, canceled? the American Hero one, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I would say it's probably up there with that. Um, if I had the, to guess, I, it seemed well acted uh, as these things go. Um, it has. I watched a trailer too. It's got an actor that I seem to recognize, and one actor I seem to recognize. Alex, did you watch the trailer? I didn't watch the trailer. I just kind of read up on it, um, and it. I didn't see anyone that I immediately recognized, but uh, it definitely has some real like sub Cinemax softcore vibes going if, on. Okay, if you're looking at the trailer and the story Brad linked, okay, if you go to 16 seconds, who okay. is that actor? Let me take a look. He looks so familiar. Uh, from oh, man, I was trying not to see one second of this game, but I'll take a look. Okay. 16 sec. Well, okay. 16 seconds got me to the loading screen. So that's that must. Okay. Here's the trailer. Found it. Yeah. yeah. I need to know if this is somebody that the guy with the hood. Oh, this guy. This guy. Yes. I know. What is this guy's name? He. So this guy is a fairly famous character actor. He has a condition like a skin condition that kind of makes him look very distinctive. Uh huh. Um, he's been on like X Files and a bunch of like horror movies. <laughs> I think he was in the the original, The Hills Have Eyes, yes. if I remember correctly. Yes. Okay. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna I'm finding his name <laughs> right now because I know a specific movie that he is in. Uh, this guy. This anyway. guy is Michael Berryman. Okay. Well, that trailer, by the way. Is the most '90s Sega soft thing that yes. you could possibly watch. It is almost hard to watch in its demo CD quality. Uh, I've already seen too much. Seen too much. It's a short it's, trailer. It's only twenty this, seconds long. This, this seems completely batshit. Also, to be clear, it's not a skin condition. He has a thing called hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia, uh, which means he has no sweat glands, hair, fingernails, or teeth. Okay. Okay, uh, it is it is something I hope works. Yeah, I so the gameplay stuff I saw, people are playing it through emulators. Oh and, yeah, it, it definitely works. Yeah, it's fully yeah. confirmed. Like I, I well, guess it was like I guess, locking up and freezing up in spots. But uh, okay, you know, yeah. I guess I guess one of the employees kind of left with alpha builds of the game from when SegaSoft closed down a couple years later after this was canceled. Yeah, and those have finally been leaked. Do we know if it's like completable? Could you could you finish um, the game? I don't know. You know, because games are not always made linearly, even yeah. in FMV game. So you might hit a point where it's like, oh, you can't get past the second level or something. Yeah, it's tough to say. By the way, Vinny, I don't know if I ever showed you that I got this, but um, uh-huh. I got the DVD version of Tender Loving. Care. Oh my gosh, you're holding it up. You really do yeah. do have it. Yeah, it's, this is the DVD game version. So there's That's like fantastic. three versions. There's the PC version, which uh-huh. we played over at Giant yes. Bomb. There's the DVD game you version. You play with the remote, kind of? Yeah, play with the menus. And okay. there is actually a movie release of the game as well that is just the cutscenes edited together into something vaguely resembling a two-hour film. Oh my gosh, that's probably terrible. Oh yeah, I mean, the game is kind of terrible, so I can't yes. even imagine what just the two-hour cutscenes would be. <sighs> None of the John Hurt talking to the camera stuff. Um, 
FMV never dies. It just makes it onto three discs somewhere mm-hmm. else. Every once in a while, someone decides to bring it back on Steam. Man, canceled yeah. games just getting put out there is pretty awesome. Especially in it's, a state where you could burn it and play it on a, like a PlayStation. Just, yeah, I mean, like I'm sitting here looking at this the the zip file with PlayStation. The, the PlayStation zip file is just a bunch of is three sets of bin queues. Like, like it's just wild. it's just as disc image as you can get. Like here it is, ready to go. No one involved in the making of that thing is ever actually going to make money on it, so it yeah, should no. absolutely be out in this state. Well, I, I actually I wouldn't be shocked if they they probably could have made some money off of this as. As bananas as the three seconds looks mm-hmm. of footage that I just watched, I bet there would have been a market for this. But somebody at Sega would have needed the courage to resurrect it. Yeah, no one has that courage. Uh, nobody was ever actually going to do that. Well, uh, it, is, it yeah. is incredible that this is out there. Uh, let's see how playable it is. I, I would hope. I would hope it is. FMV games are barely playable sometimes when they're in a release state. So uh, you know, we'll see. FMV, there are some good ones. Best FMV games? Still gonna some say of the con- best ones are the bad ones. Contradiction. Contra- if you want to go play one of the best FMV games ever made, go play Contradiction. It's a contradiction. Spot the Liar. Spot the Liar. Spot the Liar. Yeah. It's a fantastic game. Everyone should play it if you like FMV games. All right. I think that's going to do it for the news. I'm going to venture to say maybe look for Sacred Pools on some next lander stream in the future at some point sure it'll sure it'll surely 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 it'll make its way there don't call me surely there is an email address you can send emails to podcast at emails nope nope podcast. next lander that's right nope we've got we've got our own top level domain i got, got it done while we've done the break we thought dot next lander at emails at podcast.nextlander <laughs> you can send them to podcast at nextlander.com that's podcast at nextlander.com we go through them we collect them we come back to the show when we got a good set of emails and lay them out there for everybody we're not going to do emails this week we are running long on the week this week um, a lot of video game talk this week but uh, send them in let me know let me know what your favorite FMV game is what's your favorite game that never got released ever hmm is it coming out? Are you a developer sitting on a bunch of discs? Oh, mm-hmm. Do you want to upload Someone them? call Frank Cifaldi. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. Send them to podcast at emails. Jeez. What is going on? Podcast at nextlander.com. There now I just can't let go of emails at nextlander. You've been talking nextlander. for too long. Yeah. It's too long. Uh, you can go over and check out our Extra Life stuff going on, on Friday. I'll mention that again. We're starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I'd appreciate it if everybody comes over. Check it out. And if you could donate, that'd be awesome. You could donate at tinyurl.com slash life. Go do that. Also, you can support us over at patreon.com slash nextlander. That is patreon.com slash nextlander. We got a bunch of tiers there. There's a $5 tier, there's a $10 tier, there's all sorts sorts of tiers, all sorts of tiers there uh, that get you some goodies, including Never Been a Better Podcast, which I am in the process of editing. That'll have Jeff Bacalar and Austin Walker joining us. You get early access to the WatchCast in a tier over there. You get the RambleCast, you get a video version of the RambleCast. So many things, but one thing for one tier is having your name read on this here podcast in the Mysterious Benefactor T 
Bashir, Alex Navarro, yeah. the mysterious benefactors. We're going to let them all be known here. We haven't done this joke in a while. Mysterious no. benefactors. We're going to unmysteriousfy them, mystify mysterious emails at podcast.com. What are the names of our mysterious benefactors for this week? They are Alex's heebie-jeebies of unknown size, John Richardson, Vornak, Vinny's giant boogaboogas, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's midsize hoodoo voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Redacted, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Razgris Too Fast Too Furious, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Kevin Villato, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Andrew Tiefkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Michael Jonathan Black, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Trees. And a big thanks to our mysterious benefactors for this week. And a big thanks to everyone who has supported us, whether it be on Patreon or watching our streams or even going out there and helping out during Extra Life. We really appreciate it. If you're streaming or donating, uh, we do appreciate all the help and support. We are going to wrap this one up. Um and we have our grab bag on Thursday. We got the Watchcast up currently. We're heading back into Star Trek land on the Watchcast. If you want to keep up and you're in the patron tiers, it's uh, the Star Trek episode Conscience, Conscience of the, the King? Conscience of the King and Balance of Terror. Those will be going up next Monday. So yes. if you want to watch those over the weekend, hit it. That uh, that um, hit it. Hit it. That uh, battle one is good. I really like that. Uh, that was that's a fun one. It's a some, banger. Some Romulans. Mm-hmm, the Romulans are here now. I know all about the Romulans. And uh, uh, you can go catch up previous streams we mentioned before. I played some Elden Ring. That was a week ago or, or so. Uh, what do we do on Monday? Jeez, Monday feels ages ago. Halloween played some Halloween stuff. games. Halloween stuff. That's like right. Dota two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. And that's Vampire right. Survivors. You could watch uh, Brad slip back into some Dota 2, just like a warm bath. Just get right back in there. Win a game, let's say. Let's say. You never lose it. Mm-hmm. You never lose it. All right. That's going to do it. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to join us on Friday for some extra life. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Alex. We'll be back next week. <laughs>